Blog Talk Radio. tonight okay i just got back well a few hours ago i got back in from out of town from my hometown because i was in my hometown for christmas the christmas holidays so i'm back and uh kind of rested up and i said hey you know what i promised him a show so i'm gonna do a show but i i wanted to i was supposed to do it before christmas but listen y'all i got so much to tell y'all because we haven't talked since graduation right (laughs) since before graduation so there's so much i gotta tell you but listen my christmas Oh, Lord, it was beautiful. It ended up being very beautiful, but, boy, it was a, a series of things that was breaking out. I was like, what in the world's going on? But let me tell you, I mean, you know, it didn't stop me from having a beautiful time, so we'll get to that in a minute. But let me tell you all, you are talking to an alumni of UTA, University of Texas, Arlington. I am so excited. I graduated last week, last Friday. It was so let me tell you, it was better than I could even expect. It took a long ass time. It was so funny because we're sitting on the as we're sitting on the floor, our grades are literally coming in on the phone. <laughs> like our grades for um our grades for uh class, like my grades were literally I could see my le- grades from a couple of my classes coming <laughs> as I'm sitting in the audience to graduate. Oh, and guess what? She made the dean's list again. Yes, yes she did. So I was excited about that. But listen, so, okay, weird thing, okay. So I graduated. I got my Bachelor of Arts in Theater. I was, I was, it was so fun. It was such a beautiful experience. And it was other, uh, it's like maybe 12 of us, 12, 12 of us, 12 to 13 of us in the department that were graduating. Oh, my God, in that theater department. And it was so beautiful, just um a couple of my favorite teachers were there, uh, Dean and, and uh, Felicia. So it was beautiful. I had a great – Megan wasn't there. Y'all know I love Megan, but she was – I didn't see her. But it was such – we. I mean, it was so – 
I mean, and a, a lot of the wonderful students, I mean, so many, I'm going to, you know, it's like so many great people that I've met in my time at UTA, so I'm going to try my best to keep in touch and stay in touch. I mean, just so many beautiful people. I have beautiful free, uh, uh, friends to come to the graduation. A couple, my, one of my best girlfriends who started out with me uh, started out with me at Oral Roberts University. Okay, my, her mom is my spirit was my spiritual mom before she passed, and she drove here. I mean, ran over a deer. All kind of stuff happened to her, but she got here. Her and her kids for my graduation. So it was so beautiful. I was so. It was such. A moment because, you know, I became the first woman in my family to do, first person in my family to do so, you know. And so I'm excited. And then my little cousin, she'll be the second one in May. But, I mean, it was so, I was excited because that was something I wanted to fulfill. I wanted to finish. So I was proud of myself for getting my degree. It was so exciting, and especially my degree in theater, okay? So it's a beautiful thing. Now, what I was a little nervous about is the degrees I saw black folks get. <laughs> I mean, we, it was so many. Oh, we're going to have to save that to another, for another show about degrees, about the, the number of black people, black American people I saw getting degrees in criminal justice and social studies. It was it was alarming. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad I got the degrees, but it was just an alarming amount. So we're gonna, and then a lot of the foreigners had these big, huge degrees. A lot of foreigner people from out of the country. It's very interesting, uh, and it just speaks to that the dynamics of <laughs> of how we maybe how we view education and stuff like that. Uh, even myself having a theater, people don't understand having a theater of arts degree. I always tell people is one of the most well-rounded degrees you could ever have because theater isn't just about acting. Even though I'm an actress, but it's more than that. It's about you learn to uh, you learn so many elements of the theater, like scenic design, technology, sound, lights, all kinds of things. Okay, that could be great to use marketing, all kind of tools you get with theater, not just the performance skills, but so many other skills. So theater is such a well-rounded, powerful degree. I always tell people that. Um, but, yeah, and we'll, I'm going to have to talk more about that another time. But I was, I was just, listen, it was a beautiful moment, and to do it with some of the most beautiful people that I went on the journey with at the beginning, you know, of, uh, that I've known from the beginning. I've been on this journey with them, and for all of us to do it together. I mean, it was so cute because they all came over to me at the graduation. I was sitting there on my phone, and then I see them all coming over, and we're all hugging each other. I'm like, oh, my God, and it's all, you know. It's, it's, it was such a beautiful moment, so I was very proud of that moment, very excited, very proud of myself. <laughs> so, yeah, so it, it was exciting. And, um, man, I don't I, – there is so much, like, I – it was just such a beautiful thing. And it was, y'all don't even know. One day I'm going to tell y'all about the struggles about me trying to finish my degree, okay, finish school. It's, listen, it's been a long process, <laughs> okay, but it, it it has happened. So I am excited, and it's um, – and it was so good. My grandparents couldn't beat it, but they did watch it online, and they were so proud and everything. So when I came home and I showed my grandmother all my little stuff and everything, just they were happy, okay? So it was really good. I had uh, um, just, uh, just it was, it was a blessing, okay? 
So, yeah, I completed that. So, And a lot of you who have been listening to the show for years with me, you guys know. Some of you guys know the ups and downs of struggles. <laughs> you remember, some people remember when I first got my associates, right? And then, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm going to go ahead and go for, the, yes, for my degree. And, you know, just all kinds of stuff stops and goes and stops and goes. But it's finally finished. Okay? So, uh, yeah, I'm not, you know, I don't quit. I keep going. I'm a Scorpio, shit, we, we, you know, it's hard to tell us no. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, so that was, it was a beautiful uh, night. Shout out to all the wonderful people who celebrated with me, so many family, so many friends, people who came out to eat with us. I mean, I just had a wonderful time. Uh, my sister-in-law's, uh, you know, it, it just my brother-in-law, so it was, it was really nice, my husband, everybody. It was great. It was a great, it was fun. I had a great time, so I'm excited about that. So, uh, and so many people, you know, I will tell you, you know, there were so many things that uh, inspired me really to keep going. I mean, things that were small, little things. People I have well not I have not mentioned, but um, so many people who was such an encouragement in ways they probably could not ever believe they were, right? And so, um, yeah, so shout out to those people, even the unmentioned or people, you know, over the years who encouraged me in a lot of ways because it it really is a great feeling to finish it, okay? So uh, next, okay, so I went home for Christmas this week. Oh, my God, so much crazy is going on past my degree. Went home for Christmas. Uh, listen, <laughs> it was fun. I had a blast. First of all, I was freezing in Kansas City. Kansas City was like a like was like North. Uh, was it what's the North Pole? The North Pole. <laughs> it, it was like negative thirty or something. That shit was crazy. <laughs> it was it was freezing. Okay, freezing. Okay, just freezing and to be out in it and everything so with the first the like that i got there tuesday tuesday evening and you know chill rest and everything wednesday evening you know wednesday got out to do some shopping something freezing it was you know and we a lot me and my girlfriends were all trying to meet up a few of us braved the weather but the weather hadn't started everybody some people were scared some people were coming for work so they didn't know they couldn't get there and stuff like that but my it was like five of us that made it right and so we had a great time <laughs> sitting, hanging out, talking to each other. So, like, I dropped all my friends' little gifts. I, I bought everybody little gifts, you know, little, 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 not much, but little cute little gifts and stuff. But here's the kicker, what was in the gift, right? Remember I told y'all I wasn't going to do the postcard, but I, I said my friend was like, please don't make a postcard <laughs> of Maxwell. And I thought, why not? I need to make a postcard with Maxwell on it. It was me meeting Maxwell. So I have, so inside, so inside when they open up the gift, they all, like, you know, they're opening up their envelope. And so on the front of it, it's like all, like, different, the postcard is the front of Maxwell. Music playing, sorry. Okay. On the postcard, there's a front and a back. On the front is, like, all my highlights of my year, my my 2022. It's really a cute postcard. Right, and it says what well, a year 2022, and has all these pictures and stuff like that. But you know, they think, oh, this is cute. So it's with the gift, right? 
And I saw, oh, and so they lit, so one of my friends flips it over. <laughs> it's me and Maxwell on it. <laughs> and it's Merry Christmas from Bay and I. <laughs> don't be, don't hate, be happy. And it's the date I met Maxwell. They were all like, what? <laughs> it was hilarious. It was the best shit ever. They was like, this helper done put, this helper done put this man on a postcard. <laughs> She's a lost a damn mind. I said I should. Uh, they were like, what? This Jesus. Really? <laughs> like, it's that. Isn't it cute? That's a cute picture. <laughs> oh, my God. And the ones who couldn't come, I dropped it all by their houses. The faces they made when they were looking at these postcards. <laughs> it was first, it was like, oh. Look at the pictures. Then they flip it over. They're like, really? <laughs> okay. It was a highlight. It was a highlight. Okay, yes, even though it was with plastic, it was a highlight. Yes, it was with plastic. And here go my one girlfriend, Sam. You can tell. She said, you can't see the plastic, but damn it, you, ain't, you didn't even get to touch them. What the hell are you putting on the <laughs> It was hilarious. So highlight, very funny. We laughed, ha, 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 had a great time. It was so fun. Uh, had a great time with my, uh, uh, my uh, uh, dropping off my stuff over to a friend, going to visit friend's house. And I was doing this. It was snowing. It was it was cold. It was Well, I didn't do it on the day it snowed. I did it on the day after. I made sure I dropped off like <laughs> I dropped off everybody's gift with the postcard in it. It was hilarious. And one friend texted me and was like, I didn't even tell her, like, what was on the other side. She just texted me as soon as she, because she, she, she's fixing her, her her granddaughter's big wheel, and so so we, she's trying to put together a big wheel. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'm here ready to go, but, you know, no. And I'm talking to everybody at the house and everything. And so I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll see you, bye, bye, bye. We Merry Christmas and we love you and all that stuff. So I go. So I'm leaving, we're leaving, and all of a sudden I get a text like, Hell, is this next <laughs> one? They're like, what? <laughs> so it was a hoot. The postcards went over well. They did exactly what I wanted them to do. <laughs> it was it was funny, okay? So we have me and two of my best girlfriends. Every year we get together and we have a little, we've been doing this for now about maybe seven or eight years. We try our best to get together, always at the holidays, and we have a night just, you know, where we can catch up with each other and talk. And so this night we did Best Man. I got to see, I'm, I'm so far, I'm into four episodes. Now, I didn't want to watch Best Man because I felt like the last Best Man really depressed me. I understand that's life and shit like that, but shit, I was, it was at Christmas time, and I wanted to be entertained. <laughs> and they come giving me a sad story while I'm crying. Like, yeah. So I, I was like, I don't know. I never watched that best man too. I, I've never watched it more than two times. I don't want. I never wanted to see it <laughs> more than two times. But so when the best man final chapters, my girlfriend. I have a girlfriend that is like a lunatic. She loves Morris Chestnut, right? And so she, yeah, way more than I do, Maxwell. I mean, you know, really seriously. I mean, it's, this is this is this is borderline. This is my, I, you know. I, I, I crush on my look. This is this is her her, her Morris infatuation. I've got stories. <laughs> okay, but it but yeah. So so we 
So we, uh, so she wants to watch the best man, the final chapter. So my girlfriend has said, and we have all kind. We have drinks, food. It's all kind of stuff. Us three, we just have a girls' night. We just kiki, hee We give you exchange gifts and stuff like that. So my girlfriend, who hosts us at her place, always was like, say, okay, I got something for y'all. Now. Earlier, let me take y'all back. Earlier this year, I had a joke. I, I was joking with one of my girlfriends, and I made. I had this little photo app, and we we have a group chat where we joke and stuff. And so my girlfriend, who's really crazy about uh, Morris Chestnut, you know, we were laughing back and forth about you know who's who's crazier about you know Morris. And so I sent her a photo app with a with a cartoon like of her and Morris Chestnut on a boat, and I also sent this photo app of me sitting on a couch like of my face. Uh, it's an animation, sitting on the couch drinking coffee with a heart with Max. <laughs> but it was just an animation joke. So we're sitting, so this was earlier this year, like way early in the year. We all laughing and joking about it on our group chat. So my girlfriend's like, okay, I got y'all gifts. So she comes out first with this beautiful, like, you know, planner, like, letters. It's really nice, okay? So we're not even thinking about what else is in the bag. So she said, y'all need to pull out y'all gifts. It's pills, right? And on the pillow are those pictures. <laughs> it's like a whole picture. On the pillow is the picture of my girlfriend, the animated version of my girlfriend and Marcella on a boat, like, and, and me on the couch with Maxwell. It's my face, everything. Oh, my God, they are so gorgeous. First of all, the pillows are gorgeous. But the the way I hollered, I was like, what? <laughs> it was hilarious. It was like a Maxwell Christmas or something. I don't know why everybody was sending me Maxwell. But it was crazy. I was like, where did you get this made? It, it is I, – I, listen, if y'all was on my Facebook page, y'all could see my the Maxwell pillow. It is really great. I might put it on my Instagram page. Maybe I should put it on my Instagram page. It is so cute. I mean, it's an animation. It's a cartoon. It, it, it was made off of a photo app that I made, like, just joking. And she had a whole, like, pillow, the whole pillow. It's the – it's beautiful. It's like a professional. It, it's like a professional. It's like a cartoon. Like it was like a real pill. Like it is. It is gorgeous. It is so cute. And it's one of my favorite pictures of Maxwell. It's him in the black. He has on his black Yankee cap and the, you know I love the beard. Every it's so cute. Oh my God! It was one of my favorite gifts. I laughed so hard. Besides, you know my tuition being paid. Though. <laughs> Shout out to the hubby. <laughs> I mean, it was one of my favorite gifts, you know. So it was like, you know, I'm like, whoa. I mean, yeah, so I loved it. It was so cute, uh, so much fun stuff. I mean, so many people gave me, I mean, I don't think I, I don't know how many bottles of wine I got. I don't know if y'all think I'm an alcoholic or what. <laughs> I drink, but not that much. But I got plenty of wine, though, <laughs> for New Year's. I got so many great gifts for my graduation and Christmas. I, you know, thank y'all. It was beautiful. People, you know, love me. I see that. Thank you so much. Y'all love me. <laughs> so it was a wonderful holiday. Besides all the craziness that happened, there's a lot of craziness that happened. I had to call a plumber out from my grandparents' house because the water, because it was so cold in Kansas City when the pipes broke. This is crazy shit happening. <laughs> and it's an old house. They have like an old, older house. So it was it was like, you know, it, but other than that, it was so good. It was so fun. I enjoyed my Christmas, and my Maxwell pillow is here. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God. But it, it, was, it was such a great gift. 
Shout out to Brandy. Y'all know Brandy that used to be on the show. That's who hosts the party, and that's who gave me just, it was so cute. I love it. It's like when, and everybody loved the gift. Like, when my granny saw it, she goes, what? <laughs> so everybody thought it was the cutest thing. It, I mean, it was so good. It was better than my postcard because I wasn't expecting it. It was, yeah, it was funny. And Brandy's one of the people who's like, get help. <laughs> Okay, so thank you. That was, it was a wonderful, wonderful week. I hope you guys had a wonderful, as much wonderful Christmas as y'all. I try to share with y'all my little experiences for the week. So that brings me to my, uh, once I talk about my week, I normally talk to y'all about It's a Word. I don't have an It's a Word because this is a made-up show tonight. But I will tell you a story. Okay, so it's going to be kind of a It's a Word. I think it is. It's going to be kind of an It's a Word. Okay, so while I was home, so I was sitting on, you know, I was sitting hanging with my granny. My granny is a trip, honey. My granny, my granny, my granny always been a trip. <laughs> and so, uh, so my papa gets a phone call, right? And uh, my grandfather's going, "Oh no, oh my God, oh no!" And I'm like, "What the heck is going on?" You know, I'm not sure what the hell's happening. I'm like, "What?" And my grandmother's going, oh, "God, what's happening?" And, and so. My grandfather walks to the other room, and so my grandmother goes, oh, my God, I hope everything is okay. Her best friend's daughter has been was in the hospital, was back and forth in the hospital sickly, and she said, I bet it's her. I hope she hasn't passed away. This is my grandmother's best friend, okay? So I'm like, oh, my God, that's so sad. Well, I said, how sick was she? You know, so my grandma's like, because I didn't know, I knew her daughter was sickly, but I didn't know she was, you know, she was back in the hospital, so she was sick again. So I go to the back to the room to see what my grandfather's having this conversation, and I'm like, oh my god! I said, my grandmother, th- grandma thinks it's uh, wh- what's going on with the daughter. And he said, it's not the daughter. It's my grandmother's best friend, and she's passed away. And my grandmother's thinking it's the daughter, and I'm like, oh no! And so I'm like, and my grandmother talks to her every night, like they had just talked. You gotta tell her this is Christmas time, you know. And I'm like, shit. You know, and so my grandfather comes out and he's like, you know, and she's like, so what's going on? She's like, is it, uh, is it such and such to the daughter? And my grandfather says, no, it's this person. And, uh, See that heartbreak, I was like, oh, my God, because it was so unexpected. So I, my heart broke for my grandmother. Um, and even when, this is so, this is such a thing, but this, uh, and I'll say her friend's name, but her friend Mary, she would often, she even called me, you know, always when she was worried about my grandmother and stuff like that or health and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, she's She's somebody who worried about, you know, other people, all kinds of things, but she lived such a beautiful, full life. And it was so funny because me and my best girlfriend, now me and one of my best girlfriends, 
not my best girl, but one of my best girlfriends, we go to, uh, no, she's just one of, I got a lot of best girlfriends, but one of my best girlfriends, we go to St. Louis to see Maxwell this year, and that's where her best friend lives at. And so my grandmother's been talking about going down to visit her, and we say, hey, you know, we're going to uh, St. Louis, you might go ride with us, and you can spend the night with her while you're there, down there. My grandmother didn't want to go, because she's like, oh, I'm still, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling so good. So we're like, okay, but we, I kind of felt that she should have went. <laughs> but uh, it was so sad. <sighs> this is what I will just say for um, people who may be hurting because you lost a loved one. I mean, all kind of things, prayers for you, comfort, even to her family. But uh, and it was so funny because her family was worried about my grandmother, which is really something, you know. Um, but um, that I just want to say, you know, you love people with all you have. Um, you have such a limited time on this. You know, what I, I talk about collateral beauty. We have such a limited time here in this span of life of Earth. Whether it comes in the next, or whether you believe in multiple lives or not, or whatever, you have such a limited time in this now with these people that you know and these relationships that you build are, I don't know, you know, a people all, just always tell, let people know that you care for them and let people know that they're important to you. You never know, you know. Just let people always know, even at the holidays. You know, I was you know when I was reading about the, the the young man Twitch. He passed. He took his life a couple, a few weeks ago, and stuff like that. And suicide is a you know I. It's uh it, it's a terrible thing because it's right before the I thought my God it's right before the holidays you know and stuff like that. But a lot of times during the holidays, people feel down and out. They feel lonely. There's so many things. So please reach out to people. Love on folks. Care for people. Um, and let me just say this to um, uh, people, just not just loving people. I really, I, I'm, you know, and the lesson from I learned this week with my my. Uh, grandmother's friend is my grandmother's uh, friend, her family. I mean, she was an active, you know, moving lady, okay? And uh, one of the things about her family, they did so good. They were so good to her. And I was listening to the son. He, he was like, he, he was talking to my grandfather. He's like, how's, how's, how's Ruth? He, how he was concerned. He was concerned about my granny and what was what was beautiful, he had just took his mom a couple of months ago to, you know, Vegas. He had spent time. And I was like, man, they have nothing, nothing to um, be saying. They did they did the best by her. Wow, that's a beautiful. Even though it's going to hurt to be, for her to be gone, oh, my God, the time they had her, they did so good. They were so good to her. They did so good by her, 
I'm, I'm sure they weren't perfect, but they did their their best. And that's the beautiful thing to people, that people you care about, to try to do your best. I mean, everybody is not, everything, every day is not going to be your best, but to try to be your best, to try to owe, to try to know that you did everything possible, everything good that was in your heart to do. And I had a situation this week where I was angry. I was, something had happened around, you know, it's always some shit, it's always some shit at the holidays. People come through, boy, with some shit. <laughs> I start cussing folks out because I cuss you out. Y'all cool, cuss. I'm real nice, but I will cuss your ass out when you push me too far. <laughs> right, and so this person was getting, you know, they were getting cussing at, okay, but <laughs> but I had to I had to realize on my end, and it made me mad because it was making me mad about, you know, I was like, I do way too much, but then I had to think, you know what, I want to know that I've done everything I can and did right by people as much as I can. I'm not going to always do right. I'm not going to always be perfect. There are some decisions in life folks ain't going to like and it ain't going to be right to everybody. <laughs> but for the most part, to try to do as much as you can for the people that you care about and you love and what's in your power to do because you never know how long you have them. And and I, I was looking at that family and I was like, man, they did right by her. They did. Wow. They they did did right with a beautiful uh, relationship and love there. Okay, and I say this about suicide. I was going on that. Reach out to people. I know everybody's saying that right now, but sometimes people are so caught up into so many things. You think you may be in a situation. For those of you who are out there sad or whatever, you may be saying. Oh, my holidays, I'm without the person I care about or I can't get home with my family or this and that. Or, and never understand that all problems in our life are temporary. They may feel like forever. They may feel like never ending, but everything is temporary. Tomorrow is a new day, and it brings with it its own set of trials, but its own set of beauty and beautiful things. And the things you think, where you think, you you think you know the answers to, be very different from the answers you think you have. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lot of times people have killed themselves with wrong answers. I remember, and, and, and this is not, and some people are just, I'm not talking about people who are mentally depressed and stuff, but I'm talking about people who are, or who are moved by circumstances. Circumstances are always changing. Life is always going to ch- it's changing constantly. It's moving. And I always tell y'all this story about when I was in in in, grade, in, in the seventh grade. Well, it was like when they used to do these little class health classes or health and sex classes, and they had this one class where they was um, we we were, he talked about suicide and they had people come in and everything. And I've had two people in my family, you know, uh, that have lost their life to suicide. But uh, there are uh, they came into um, uh, they came they came into class and they showed this story I remember as a kid about this young lady named Jenny and how she was so upset about all these temporary things, the loss of her boyfriend. Um, she was depressed because. She messed up her audition for a dance uh, for a school 
dance thing, thinking she wasn't going to get it. It was a number of things that happened to her in a course of a week. I will never forget this. And her mom comes on the screen. I think her name was Jenny, and it was it was years ago. But it, I was in the seventh grade, so that tell y'all how many years ago it was. <laughs> but the mom comes on the screen and says, the day a week or two week or so after her, they put her daughter to rest, and she had daughter passed away. She gets a letter in the mail, and it's the school that her daughter was thinking that she messed up on. She thought she messed up. Oh, my God, I messed up. I don't, you know, I'm not going to get in or whatever. She, And they had accepted her. And I think they even awarded her, like, a scholarship. And she had taken because circumstances, she was gone. But she didn't know. She had, she had, she, that audition she thought was so bad, she actually got in. And... The lesson I learned about that as a young girl is that life is constantly in movement. Things change every day. Don't give up before your change happens. Don't give up by, you know, um, don't let your present circumstances dictate the outcome of your life. We all go through some shit. Trust me, I'm going to listen here. When I have highs, great highs, there'll be great lows sometimes going with them, okay? <laughs> That's some real shit. That's life, ain't it? But know that every day there's a, presents a blessing, presents a chance to do it again, presents an answer that you may not have known, the answer that you, an uh, answer you think you know may be very different. You know what I'm saying? And every day gives you a chance to realize every day that God breathes into you breath and you get to wake up and seize the day, live through it, and you and the times will change, okay? So I just want to encourage y'all in that today because seeing that young man twitch, uh, take his life, and I don't know what the reasons he, what was going on in his life and stuff like that, but it, you know, oh, my God, how sad. But I just wanted to encourage anybody out there who's sad, who's depressed. First of all, get some help, talk to somebody, but understand circumstances are temporary. Life is coupled. Sometimes you have an extreme high. Like while you having an extreme high, some real shit would be going on in your life. That's really, really facts. It could be some real. Like you could have an extreme blessing happen, and within the same time, it's some real other other shit nipping at you. You know what I'm saying? So don't get discouraged. That's life. Trust God. Trust God, and trust that no matter how bad this stuff is, how mad, how bad it looks, that it's gonna change. And I understand it'd be some shit to be looking bleak. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, I got you. Don't understand quite a lot. Of, I got some real shit. I understand. But listen here, trust me, time changes everything, okay? So that's what I want to encourage y'all about tonight, okay? All right, y'all, so I done got through my week, my graduation, my Christmas, my holidays, my Maxwell pillow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So now we got to get on. When I get back, we'll get to the news. Okay. We're going to start right off talking about the Tory Lanez trial, Megan Thee Stallion, all that stuff. Listen, I still don't know what happened. I got a feeling, I got a, you know, I got a gut feeling about what I think may have happened, but I still really don't know what happened in that case. And I don't know how nobody could have convicted these people. 
I mean, he could have convicted Tory Lanez. I'm going to tell y'all the truth. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean I don't believe Megan got shot. I just don't understand how they came to a conviction. And there's a number of reasons why I think Megan, I mean, I think uh, Tory should not have been convicted. Uh, and then also we got to talk about Fantasia, Kim K. I mean, Massey, it's a whole lot of stuff, okay? We're going to try to, I'm going to try to get to, through, I'm going to try to have y'all, no, I ain't going to say it. I ain't going to say I'm going to try to have y'all off early. I'll be saying that stuff. And what happened? We'd be on here a long time, okay? So uh, we're going to get through this news as much as I can tonight for y'all before the holidays. I mean, we already had the holidays before the new year. And who knows, I may try to have, I think I'm going to try to have, I'm not going to, I'm going to try to have a couple more shows, but I'll tell you about that later, okay? So. Meanwhile, let's start off with Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It's the CC Show. It's Carlotta. I'm back for an after-Christmas show. We're going to get to the hot topics, late-night hot topics in just a moment. Thank you all for joining me tonight. If you're up late and listening to me, I appreciate it, okay? So here's Luther. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. I'll be back in a moment. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Let your heart be light From now on Our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself
street is, you gave him this walking papers and Well, I wanna be the man that my daddy raised me to be My mama taught me to be See, baby That's who loves you
All right, so you guys, I'm back. We're heading into the news um, this week, and I mean, first of all, we got to start with Tory Lane's trial. Uh, Tory Lane's found guilty on everything. Okay, uh, so uh, on all three charges of shooting hip hop at the start, Megan Thee Stallion on July twelfth, uh, two thousand twenty, in the Hollywood Hills. Let's listen to a report. Uh, this is from MSN dot com, and I don't know what the news thing is uh, from ABC News. Okay, so check this out. Hopefully, y'all can hear. can't pull anything over on this woman at all if you are trying to. I don't know if you are or not. Okay, we got the wrong thing. Okay, so that's a hold on. Let me get the wrong. I don't know what I got. Where were my pulling here? here? (laughs) Okay. Let me see what I pull up. I'll be knowing how I'd be going up out here in these streets. Okay. Okay, wrong thing. All right, y'all know how this show is, too. Calm down. It be messy sometimes. All right, so here's a report from ABC News. Uh, let me pull it up here. We got it up. All right, Megan the, Tw- Megan the Stallion, Tory Lightings. Here we go. Okay, is it up? Guilty verdict for rapper Tory Lanez, charged in the shooting of hip-hop star Megan Thee Stallion. ABC's Zorin Shaw has more from Los Angeles now. Hey, Zorin, good morning. Hey, good morning, Gio. This is a trial that divided the hip-hop community. Megan Thee Stallion wrote about speaking up for black women and how they're often not believed. And then you had singer Tory Lanez and a lot of his well-known supporters calling Megan a liar. Remember, you had phone, text, witness evidence, all favoring Megan. Megan says Tori shot at her, injuring, injuring both her feet after a Hollywood Hills party two years ago. In the end, the jury believed the prosecution, and Lanes was found guilty of all three charges, including felony assault, and he was handcuffed in court. Look, this is a case that has been faced with twists and turns. A lot of people changing their stories, including key witnesses. One witness went missing, and the defense tried placing the blame on a female friend. Lanes now faces sentencing next month and he could face nearly 23 years behind bars. His lawyer tells us they are shocked, and this fight is not over for them. Janae? Okay, and you know what? Partly I believe the reason he got found guilty was because of how he was moving. I felt like Tory just felt like he was going to be found not guilty. So he's coming into the courtroom. It wasn't kind of a humble thing. He seemed like he was coming coming there like he didn't have a care in the world. And, and uh, yeah. It was kind of crazy, right? The whole case was kind of crazy. Uh, the trial from the very beginning was crazy. I talked about it. And, listen, I'm a person who supports black women, but I also believe that stories got to be right. And I'm sometimes against a lot of women because a lot of women, uh, sometimes a lot of women in these celebrity trials because they show up 40 years later and all this stuff. Now, with the case of Megan Thee Stallion, and I've talked about this story from the beginning, been on the story, this story about the beginning on here, and uh, we never could quite understand what the fuck was going on, partly because Megan kept a lot of shit. She didn't come out very honest at first. And to me, that's why this case probably should have been thrown out, in my personal opinion, okay? But, uh, and also it should have been made to, there's no reason this case should have been in Los Angeles. 
I don't know why they don't have change of venues anymore. Is there a reason why in courts all across the country it is clear some of these cases, especially in the age of technology, celebrity trials and everything like that, why are you guys still holding cases in major cities where people are very familiar with these cases? This case should have been held in Idaho or Iowa somewhere, Des Moines or someplace where people don't give a shit Middle America, people are like, you know, like eh, or someplace. This this case should not have been held in Los Angeles. Bad move. I don't know what is going on in our court system that we are not being, I don't know if it's the, the states and stuff or if the court, if they're operating against these very basic, basic rights of a defendant to have trials removed to other venues to make sure and ensure that there is failed trials, even in cases where Harry Harvey Weinstein and stuff like that, some of those cases should be moved out of New York and L.A. Those places are very tricky for those type of trials. They should be in venues and places in, in, in cities and towns where, you know, people don't really care much. But in L.A., New York and stuff like that, eh. So I, I feel there's a miscarry of justice right away because we're not having change of venues happening more often in some of these big cases. And then definitely in this case where it was confusing, where more shit went out on the news on both sides that were crazy, should have definitely been in a small town, okay, or a Midwest town or a little southern town or something like that, okay, with a, with a mixture, okay. It's facts. I mean, this is just crazy. And it makes it makes people believe more in conspiracy. There was here's here's the thing. This is my personal belief. Let me tell y'all what my belief is. What happened that night? First of all, first of all, I'm gonna be like, let me play little Bootsy real quick because I want y'all to hear little Bootsy. Because I'm with little Bootsy on one thing. Let me, where where is? Let me put this up. What he said? He said on Black TV. He said something I thought was really interesting. Hold on. Where is it at? Um, oh my goodness! Uh, do I have it up? Uh, something he said, and I said, I agree, totally. I I, I still don't know. You know, no matter what the verdict is, I I really this is a case that has been so confusing. I have to think it's some shady to it. It's some shady stuff. But he was on Vlad TV, and he said a very interesting thing about this case. Let me see if I can pull it up. Football was right. Hold on, let me even pull this. Right. right. Let it be me. Okay. It's just different strokes and different folks. Yeah, I mean, Lil Yachty made a video, and he said, oh, that line ain't about Megan the Stallion. It's just about girls getting ass shots and denying it. And I'm like... Whatever, little Yachty got an OVO tattoo. Like, of course he's gonna say some shit. Right, he posted something. Mean, drop the line. I was gonna call. Of course, I mean, come on, bro. It's not like he knew when he dropped the line. Obviously, a double entendre. But like, Drake, Drake is way too smart, and the people around him are way too smart. Okay, wait. Let me get y'all to the place where it is. Okay, hold on. Uh, you know, and Megan, Megan got upset over it. You know, she, she's like, I can't believe that they would say some shit like this and so forth. Um. Yo, man, that's that's hip hop for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, he knew he knew what he was doing. Yeah. You know, that's why I don't speak on that shit. Vlad, I always tell you in these interviews, nobody knows what happened. We, hey, right. I'm not taking now nigga side or now woman side. 
even when the yeah. even when the verdict come out. I still don't know what the fuck happened. Cause one lawyer beat the other law. I agree. I this this is the most. First of all, they were all drinking, all drinking. When and if you ever been around crazy uh, people when they drinking and stuff, I have. And child, you you get you try to get out of dodges. You don't know what may happen, especially with guns, drunk drunks, drinking people. Uh uh-uh. uh, that's not the place to be. Now, here's my personal opinion on my thought with what may have happened. Okay, I believe the eyewitness, the eyewitness who said they were all out there fighting. I believe that shit. I believe when the eyewitness said Tory went to stop, wasn't the eyewitness allegedly? And if I'm getting this wrong. Forgive me, but he said that Tori went to the side, shot the gun up in the air. Now, maybe something ricocheted and hit her. I, I, they never played to intention. Did he intend to shoot her? I don't I don't know if he did or not. I don't know if that was the intention. I don't believe the dance bitch factor. I don't believe that ever happened. I believe that was Megan Thee Stallion covering her shit. That's just my personal opinion. Um, uh, I do believe she was shot. I just don't know who did it. Because then the, the eyewitness says that they saw the girl go to the car, and she was saying, "Tell me, I need immunity. What you need immunity for? I don't, that all that I don't know." Now they think now what the defense kept implying that Tory Lanez might have been paying somebody off. I thought that was kind of crazy because I'm like, was Tory Lanez really that big? I don't think Tory he was big, but he wasn't that big. Was he really that? I don't know. I, it just was crazy. And the bodyguard didn't show up. All these things. These this is just a bad trial. I don't care give a fuck what the implications are. I as a juror, and this is one thing jurors need to start to understand, and we as the public when we understand the law. As a juror, it is not your thing to to be like, huh, well, huh, well, because all these people ain't showing up, maybe they are being paid off. That's not your problem. Your problem is to look at the evidence that is before you. That's the prosecution's problem if they got a fucked up trial if they got a fucked-up case where people ain't showing up and stuff like that. If these people get off, that's natural. It is up to the prosecution to bring about a, a, a case that is solid. And if they ain't bring about a case that's solid, it ain't, your, it ain't about your gut. You don't convict nobody on your gut. You don't convict nobody on your instincts. You convict people on the evidence that is before you. And there wasn't enough evidence to convict Tory Lanez for me in that trial, even though I believe he did shoot her. But because of the justice system, because the prosecution didn't bring a solid case, there's no way I could do it. A lot of people probably convicted for their guts. Now, um, it was too much of a mess. They was drinking. They was partying. Megan lied a number of times. Her damn self going on when she went on Gail King, and you knew she was lying, talking about she ain't sleep with Tory Lanez. Well, that shit went true. Here's the funny thing, though, I did notice. I want somebody to do a thing on it. Maybe I got to look at Apollonia or Rabina and see if they've done anything on this Zodiac. What I noticed is two Pisces females, two Pisces. No offense, this is not, no offense to my Pisces females out there. I was raised by a Pisces female. But listen, to two Pisces females, Rock Nation, have been involved in, in wild-ass domestic-like incidents. Rihanna with Chris Brown, and now Megan the Stallion with uh, Tory Lanez. And you know what? If you look back at where Rihanna was several years ago when that first thing happened with Chris, and you look at Megan where she is so similar. I just thought I'd point that out. It's Pisces shit, Pisces female shit. Y'all be in some shit sometimes, you Pisces female. 
Y'all be drawing some crazy ass people sometimes. Okay. But that's another story. Somebody do astrology on that. I don't know. I gotta look it up and see who done did some stuff on that. Cause I know that shit. That's wild. Pisces females be off the chain though. Y'all be in some wild shit. <laughs> now let me just say this, okay? I've said my piece on Megan Thee Stallion and what I thought was going on with her back in the, 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 the thing about her. Um, I think Megan was trying to protect her reputation, and she almost fucked up her case, and I would make her pay for fucking up her case. It's not about black women being protected. It's about you lying and you trying to protect your reputation. You didn't care about black women being protected. You cared about your reputation. You were trying to look like you were trying to look like you didn't sleep with somebody you had allegedly tried to set your friend up with. And that you wasn't out here just having a fucking good time. You wanted to look good, so you went around and then you talking about, well then you she's talking about, you know, I'm from Houston and you don't snitch. Bitch snitching ain't ain't telling on somebody who shot you, that's telling on who shot you. Shit, y'all didn't drive or do a crime together. It's saying, this mofo shot me. No, you said at first that you stepped on glass, you did. So part, for me, she'd have to pay for that because I know she was lying about some of that stuff. See, well, I grew up in the hood. That's some bullshit she was talking. She didn't grew up. And I was learning not to say, shut the fuck up. Girl, you knew you who to tell what you was You was trying to protect your shit is what I believe. I believe you was trying to protect that you was doing some shitty shit out there, okay, that you was up there, you was running around there having a good-ass time fucking around, you you wanted, you didn't want people to know you was out there spreading it wide and dropping it low. No, 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 y'all don't talk about this about protecting black women. No, a lot of times it is, but not in Meg's case. Meg put a lot of shit, a lot of things for Megan started with her own doing. She muddied up this case from the beginning. She let narratives for her and her, her and her and her people let narratives roll all out there for the longest. She didn't come through and say, "Nah, I got shot." She it took her months before she. Don't, don't get. I don't know what I'm with Bootsy. I don't know what the fuck happened. Okay, I don't really know what happened. I'm, I'm and I don't know how they knew. I don't know how the the. The jurors, they I need to hear them what was their idea, especially when the bodyguard didn't show up and all that. That wouldn't, I wouldn't know, that wouldn't say nothing to me. Why he not showing up? Did you just, in you just you just assumed, if I hear one juror say, I just assumed that he was paying them off. No, no, you can't do that. That's not, that's a case for him to get, hopefully for him to get um, some, um, uh, to get uh, an appeal. I see all kind of appeals that should happen. I don't think Tory Lane should have been convicted of this at all, even though I think he did shoot her. I don't know what his intent was in shooting her. That's very important when a pe- bunch of people, motherfuckers, is around drunk and partying and fighting, and everybody's fighting, according to the eyewitness. Not one motherfucker. Every motherfucking body's fighting. You need to know what the fuck is going on. And now, I probably would have charged him on one of those charges, maybe, but all three of them, no, no, and no, and no. And let me just say this: I know the father was upset about about Rock Nation, and I'll say this because I heard uh, 
somebody say a celebrity, certain celebrity today was talking about her here and talking about, uh, I blame Rock Nation trying to make a joke about it. I'm like, first of all, it ain't funny. You know, this is this man and put his son is up in jail or whatever, and he think his son, and he, because Tory Lane's father was going off at Rock Nation in the situation, and he's feeling disempowered because Rock Nation is doing what the fuck they supposed to do, which is protect they motherfucking client. Now, now, what I will say this, protect they motherfucking client. Now, Megan, 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 baby, listen here. If you're listening or somebody know Megan, pass this along. You better not fuck up too much. These motherfuckers done put a lot of money in your little funky ass, and you ain't been doing that well. Actually, what you mean? The songs have the the songs have been okay. They they haven't been hitting like the way they was at first. Like I, when I first started making, I was like, that's a star. But then she was starting to be known being known more for alleged shenanigans than she was the music. It started getting crazy out here. Baby girl, you better calm down. It's a lot of money that they they done went to court. Tory Lane's daddy. First of all, Tory. First of all, Tory Lane's daddy. Rock Nation wasn't out there f- fucking around and acting crazy. Okay, Tory probably need to get jail. Is he said they said that he said jail is for a reason. Probably is. He needs to rest his mind and think for a minute. Why? How the fuck did I end up here? And that ain't that ain't Rock Nation fault. But do I believe Rock Nation did all they could to protect their investment? Hell yes. What the fuck you think they gonna do? They put a lot of money in her little funky ass. not about protecting black women. I know they're trying to sell that shit off. I'm sorry. Megan the Stallion is this case. Yes, if Megan got shot on purpose, if he did it on purpose, his ass deserves to be in jail. However, there is no conclusion to this case. We don't know what the fuck happened. Megan didn't come out with the story until later. First, her ass was saying she stepped on glass. Then she was saying this. Then she said, we do know she got shot, but she lied about it. The stories have been unstable. Then she went on Gail King with her lying ass. So we don't even know what motives are surrounding this shit. We know somebody shot, and then we then there wasn't no allegedly no gun residue on Tory's hands, but there was some on Kelly. It's a lot of shit going on in this case. I just don't understand how people could have. I'm just trying to figure out how they found him guilty. Even though my gut tells me that, you know, he did some shit. So they said the jury got it right. I'm thankful there is justice. This is according to MSN.com for Meg. Megan Thee Stallion's attorney, Alex Spiro, told ABC News in a statement after the verdict was announced Friday afternoon. Chaos reportedly broke out in the courtroom after the verdict was announced with Lane's father screaming at the prosecutors calling them witches and evil, according to Los Angeles Station, KABCS. You two are evil, Lane's father yelled at prosecutors and jury of the courtroom while Lane's defense attorneys tried to de-escalate the situation. Lane's was taken into custody. Lane's defense attorney, George Meg, Meg Desan, told ABC News in a phone interview Friday evening that Lane's and his team were shocked by the guilty verdict. I am too. Not because, now, I really believe he was doing that too. I think the jury might not have liked him either because he's coming in there and he's seeming like it's white work. And you got to teach him. I think he needs to learn a little bit more humility. 
But it says, we were very disappointed, shocked, and didn't expect it. He said, we didn't think people could prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. I don't think they did. After they planned the appeal, Meg Desion told ABC News that they will deal with all post-trial motions at their appropriate time, including the uh, appeal. We're doing everything we can. The fight is not over, he said. He said Lanes was very surprised, very disappointed, shocked, but he holds on to his faith and believes the truth will come out. Listen, none of this case, this case is one of the wildest, the, the wildest shit I have ever seen. It, it, I mean, it, you don't, we don't really know what the fuck happened that night. I, I, I really believe the eyewitness who said he saw everybody fighting. And I believe this is a case where it's drunk-ass motherfuckers out there fighting and arguing. Nobody knows shit. Everybody's drinking and under the influence. I couldn't have convicted one person because I think they all was a mess. And Megan didn't care enough about herself at first to tell the fucking truth and to own her story early on, to tell what that she was up there dropping it, what, dropping it wide. What was it? Dropping it low and laying it wide, spreading it wide. Dropping it low and spreading it wide. She was embarrassed of that. Instead, she tried to protect her reputation. Then she started coming out here, black women are the least protected in society. No, no, Megan, you not, you didn't protect yourself because you was on some bullshit. Talking about, I don't snitch and all that stuff. Girl, you got shot. What you talking about snitching? Snitching is when two people do a crime together and one person starts to tell on the other person and, and so they can get off. For them both doing the same crime. Snitching is not when you get your side and your pinky toe and talking about somebody said dance, bitch. I don't believe that statement either. I don't believe now. I don't believe none of the. I don't know who the fuck is what. I'm tell y'all the truth. I still and y'all get mad at me out here in these streets just because all these, especially when I see all the right people saying I believe Megan. All the blue checks. Uh uh-uh, uh. I really start getting suspicious when I see blue checks all saying the same thing like they all on course. Well, now will y'all believe Megan? Now will y'all blah, blah, blah? I'm like, Megan, I, I, it wasn't me that didn't believe Megan. Megan didn't believe Megan. Megan sat up here and lied about her own story. They always lie. Still ain't got the story straight. Nobody knows what the hell happened. Shit, I'm still out here confused. What the hell happened? How did this even go to trial? I don't even know what the fuck happened. I don't understand. I'm still confused. I'm with Lil Boosie. I'm confused. I can't take nobody's side. I'm confused. It sounds like I'm taking Tory's side. I'm taking Tory's side of not being found guilty. That should have been the punishment for the prosecutors and for Megan for withholding information from the get-go where this case could have been solved rather easily. But I don't know if I believe. I believe something far more some far more big shit was going on. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. I'm sorry for you getting tight in your toe, and you. And she's blessed that didn't didn't, didn't no other shit happen. But I have to say this: Megan is a young lady who had lost her mother out there in them uh, in that world of entertainment, and it can be a hardcore industry. And instead of let me just say this. Instead of doing the things that she needs to do to build strength and character in that industry, she was running around having she was she was, and I, you know hey most young people would do that. She was running around having a good time and not preparing for the real shit 
that comes with dealing in that industry. And it was real shit hit the fan. She didn't know what to do with herself. And now here's my thing. I think she's more entangled than ever. And it's kind of sad. She's more on than ever before. When she simply, had she simply had taken a moment to heal whatever situations was going on in her life, to take time to understand the industry a little bit more, understand where you was, because she was having contracts. There's been a lot of legal leads surrounding around Megan the Stallion. Lots of legal shit going on, okay? I mean, if I was Rock Nation, I'd be like, damn, is it worth this? That's just, did we, should we have been in this shit? Really? It's just a lot of shit. It's like with Rihanna. A lot, remember, a lot of people didn't believe Rihanna at first, too. But Rihanna, let me just say this about Rihanna that's different from Meg Thee Stallion. Rihanna, the only thing bad that ever happened with Rihanna is Rihanna came back trying to, like an abused girl, trying to take up for Chris Brown. But Rihanna, from the get-go, her story remained the same. From the get-go, she did, she owned her story. She owned abuse. But she did sound like an abused girl trying to protect her. Well, he, you know, he, he blah, blah, blah. She started trying because she, 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 she was in love with him. So, you know, Rihanna, to, to me, in my personal opinion with Rihanna, it was more of an abusive situation. In the case of Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion, uh, I don't know what the fuck happened. And there may be some protection on Rihanna's end, too, because a lot of people claim there was a lot more that went on with the Rihanna situation, too. The way her face was black and blue and shit, now I don't know. And bite marks and shit, when I see a motherfucker biting, I, he ain't shit to me when you see a motherfucker. Okay, but that's another quick. When a man biting a woman, and the way her face looked, uh-uh, that's some other shit. I can't compare it, but it is interesting. It was too Pisces. But I will say this, um, Megan's case is very different for me because I'm not quite sure. Uh, the eyewitness didn't hear some of the stuff that Megan said. <laughs> I don't know what this case was about. I really don't know if it was just a bunch of drunk people that got out there and everything got out of control. And uh, I don't think Tory should spend, if he gets convicted, I, I, I really think he should have the less of the lesser of charges. I would have. I don't know how this jury convicted him of all three of those charges, and he should, his people should have asked for a change of venue. Should have never took place in L.A. This is a case that should have been taking place in Idaho, Des Moines, where people are are Iowa or Cincinnati. You know, some, not Cincinnati. Some place like in North Dakota. Some place where people don't give a fuck. Like they don't know the fuck. Who the fuck is Megan Thee Stallion? Where you know where a lot of the jury be like, who the fuck is it? Who the fuck is these people? That's what. That's where you need to have cases. But they don't do that anymore. And I don't know what that's about. That's a strange thing that's happening in our justice system. But it sets up for a lot of unfair trials because when people don't have vested interest in them, it's a lot better. So you go to some place like North Dakota, they may have solved this case a lot differently. Motherfuckers probably would have been in North Dakota saying, what the fuck is going on? Why, why we even got this case here? <laughs> you know, like, these people sound like they got all crazy. I mean, you know, or something, sorry we, somebody got shot in the foot, and maybe we can charge them on a lesser charge, but it sounds like y'all was all drunk and y'all was acting a fool. 
and y'all was all fighting. And what it sounds like to me, he shot the gun up in the air to maybe stop something because the witness said that her, Kelsey, and Megan got to fighting. And then he shot up in the air. Then Megan, Kelsey allegedly went to a car and got a, got something. And, and the whole thing is nuts. Now, what they think they may have gotten is because Tori called to apologize, wrote to apologize, I guess, on text messages, and, they, and people might be saying, "Well, what's he apologizing for if he didn't shoot her?" Well, he may have thought he did. No, what y'all think? Yeah, listen, he was drunk. He may have thought like they may, and him offering people a million dollars because he thought he did, and maybe in the chaos he didn't realize that. Fucking Kelsey maybe got and Scott went and got something. See, that's why I couldn't have convicted him because I would have been looking at all that. I'd been like, well, what the fuck? And he might have thought he. The reason he wrote them text messages is because maybe for a long time he did think he shot her because he was shooting up in the air. Maybe he did, with, and he didn't have the intention to shoot her. The text messages would have had to say, I'm sorry, so you know, for calling you a bitch and all that stuff. But he did. Allegedly, he didn't say those things. He was apologizing for the incident. He's trying to offer them money to just keep it quiet because probably because it was a fucked up night. They was all drunk. Let's just keep this shit quiet and keep keep going. We was all fucked up. We don't know what the fuck happened. And it looked like I shot one of y'all and I didn't mean to. That may have been what he thought. But maybe he didn't realize that he was so drunk that the other person went and got something. See, that's why this is such, such a muddy case. So when y'all people have been talking about, believe Megan, believe Megan, most of y'all don't listen to court cases. Y'all don't pay no attention to the trial. Y'all don't pay no attention to nothing. Y'all just go with whatever the crew is saying, like what to get you in, because a lot of people don't. A lot of people hate to be against the, you know, and I'm, I don't do it. Listen, I don't try to take a, a, a side for just to be a rebel. No, that's not my thing. Sometimes I hate being a rebel. But I like to to think. I don't always go with the crowd. A lot of people in today's time, they have a hard time not going with the crowd because they don't want to be left out. I don't give a shit about that. The whole thing is this case was too muddied up for anybody to understand what the fuck was going on. It, you just still to this day, you know, you just don't know. And they trying to keep – I understand the powers that be behind Megan Thee Stallion, the investors is trying to put this whole narrative out, protect black women, Meg deserves an apology, blah, 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 blah. They trying to make Meg look like a victim. But Meg might have been the victim, but she was also a part of the victimization, part of the whole shit because she, she, she lied a the number of times. And this shit could have been settled from the beginning had she come forth with some truth and owned her story from the motherfucking beginning. So I feel her punishment should be, because she deserves a punishment too, because she was out here lying, allegedly. No, that wasn't no allegedly. She was out here lying. She remember she told Gail King she didn't sleep with the man. She did sleep with the man. Because she didn't own that story and she was trying to not protect black women and not act to be an activist for black women, oh, that's what she made it sound like. But, no, she was trying to protect her motherfucking reputation, in my opinion. And so she got out here and she started to protect black women trope, trying to make everybody feel guilty for some bullshit she was involved in because she was an irresponsible motherfucker out there with the rest of them all acting irresponsibly crazy. You should have had your little funky ass in the studio recording, trying to figure out how to get out this motherfucking contract you got. I don't feel guilty. 
I don't feel like God. Megan's story is not about protecting black women. That is, Megan's story is not about believing black women. Megan came out with muddy. She never. She didn't own her story from the beginning. That's why a lot of people don't believe her. So let's stop the bullshit out here. Quit trying to make black people feel guilty for having an opinion on her ass. Okay, I believe he got shot, but I believe the price. For, for 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 muddying up the water with everybody else should be that man not being found guilty. And that should be a long lesson for your little ass. But you ain't going to learn no lesson. And that's the sad part of all of this. You win when you shouldn't win. Even though you got shot, the shooting should be a lesson. But I got the feeling because, they co- because everybody's covering that you didn't learn the hard lesson. The hard lesson is... Why did I have my monkey ass out there and all this? Can I really advocate for women? What was really going on here? What the fuck was we really fighting about? It's more shit to this story than I think. I think they hiding the real shit behind this story, but this is my opinion. This is a lot more shit. She, she to me, she hasn't learned the hard lesson of what it, listen, I got shot, and the person who shot me got off because I didn't, I didn't own my story. I came out here lying. I came out here doing a lot of shit I shouldn't have did, and, you know, that's the result of it. So I want to help people to understand why you should come forward with the truth and all that stuff. It'd be good. It would have been good if that happened. But now that because she, this case, she's been protected in this case, this motherfucker's going to continue to live in a lie, okay? And I don't know if she's going to come out and own her shit. If I was Meg, Meg, if I was you, I'd come out and own my shit. That I, didn't t- I that I helped to muddy the waters. I helped people. If people weren't believing me because I wasn't a black woman, people weren't believing me because I wasn't owning my motherfucking story. And I was all over the motherfucking place. And people don't know whether to not believe me or not still because I lied about a few things. Bullshit trying to make you sound like you some fucking activist out here. This is bullshit. I hate that. Using activism. Black women are the most hurt women in society. Do you know it ain't nothing but about your funky, because you, you, the shenanigans you had going on out there. Trying to hide your shit. If you dropping it a lot, dropping it low and spreading it wide and all that, that's, that's your business. You young, you having fun. But your little monkey ass. Lied, and that's how we all, that's how we, ain't no, nobody know what the fuck happened now, and you going to get mad. You and, you and your team want to get mad. Talking about, well, I don't nobody believe me. Because you started off, people were, were so shaky, didn't nobody know what the fuck, should we believe her ass or not? And we still don't know if we should believe your ass. Bullshit going on around here. That's it for Tori, make the stallion and Tori Lane. And Daddy Papa, the father to Tory Lanez, that ain't Rock Nation's fault. Tory shouldn't have been out. Tory had a lot to lose. Drinking and fucking around with crazy people. He was crazy too, shooting up and he got to ask himself some strong questions. He had a lot to lose, too. And that ain't Rock Nation. Rock Nation is responsible for a lot of shit, but probably ain't responsible for Tory's ass, okay? 
Now, what they are they responsible for protecting their investment? Hell yeah, and I can't blame them. But Tory took his ass out there that night and allegedly shot up in the air. And he ain't been too straightforward on his motherfucking uh, story. He's all over the fucking place rapping on stories and everything like that. He's all going to find out the truth. Well, what the fuck is the truth? What the fuck happened? Nobody's telling what really happened. Fuck him, too. Okay? He right there. He needs to think it through. That's why you're there. You got to think that shit through. Why was I so lackadaisical with my career that I was out in these streets shooting at shooting bitches? And shooting up at the air about me. I wasn't paying no attention to my career. What the fuck was I doing to throw it all away? Okay. That ain't Rock Nation's fault. I'm done. And I ain't, and, and y'all know how I feel about Y'all know, everybody listening to the show for over the years, y'all know how I feel about Rock Nation. So I ain't taking up for them. But y'all know. Okay. It is what it is. Crazy ass story. It's the craziest ass story I've ever seen. I don't even know what happened. Don't nobody know what the hell happened. Shit. I don't know what's not. I don't believe none of these people. If I was a judge, I'd just toss this shit out. I would have been. I was a judge halfway through. When I, when they told me the bodyguard didn't show up, I'd just be like, listen, we, you know what? I'm a, I don't know what the law is, but shit, I would have tried my best to dismiss the case. This is some bullshit. Get y'all case together and come back in here when y'all got y'all case together against this man. And when somebody want to say what the hell happened, couldn't even let this shit go through. This is some crazy shit. Crazy. Absolutely nuts. What's the next story? Older and unappreciated workers over 50 face a rough time on the job. Forget the Great Resignation. This is according to uh, MSN.com. It says, forget the Great Resignation, the shakeup of Generation Z workers seeking fulfillment and treating their jobs like a game of musical chairs will sort itself out, sort itself out over time. They have their whole lives ahead of them to find something that fits. The larger crisis is what to do with all the older than 50 worker, older than 50 workers searching for gainful employment. This is one of the worst times to be a worker in the twilight of a career. Only half of America are steadily employed through their 50s. Last year, more than a quarter of workers, 55 to 59, were out of the workforce, which meant they didn't have jobs to retire from. COVID-19 exacerbated this trend as millions of American workers disproportionately lost their jobs. Across the globe, full-time stable employment that culminated pensions has become a relic of the pre pandemic past. In the United States, an increasing number of workers can't afford to retire, not with inflation, uncertain retirement savings. Now a worker must wait till 70 to collect the maximum Social Security benefits, and Congress is expected to discuss, to discuss raising the age of Social Security eligibility next year. Crazy. This is a crazy world. Now, listen, they're trying to force people out even younger. This is all the results. First of all, I, I don't believe I don't believe in ageism because I believe progression. Uh, yes, a lot of times older people are not as progressive as the young, but you have a lot of young people who are not progressive either. So I don't believe ageism is the answer to anything. You find people who at fifty have great work. <laughs> I'm like fifty. The retirement age would be sixty five. Now we're talking about fifty year olds. What the fuck? I mean, this is a world because we've taught youth 
we've let the elites do this thing about you're the future, young people are the future. No, I always say the future is shared. Nobody is the future. Everybody's the future. It's not just young people are the future. The young people at some point will lead the future. But every at every time in life, the future is always shared. Great leaders know that. The future is not just about youth. You'll have youth, middle age, and by the time the youth come up to exceed, to uh, become, uh, become the head, they'll be old. We just now see baby boomers leaving the workforce. How old are baby boomers in their 60s, late 60s, 70s? Now Generation X, which is a small group, coming up in their 40s, 50s. So by the time you take the throne, there'll be another group behind you talking about, yeah, we the youth. But the youth is not like that. So they've lied to you talking about they, they, the, the, the youth is the future. No, everybody's the future. You will have young, you will have middle age and old, no matter where you live in the future. The future ain't just about young people. And when you teach young people to have a cross-generational mindset, you create great leaders. When you don't teach them to have a cross-generational mindset, you'll have a fucked-up narcissistic mindset that won't know how to uh, uh, how to leverage youth or age. Uh, and this is probably what we're having right now in this global ageability of people of 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 playing the game with ageism. Uh, making it harder for older people to make a living, all kinds of things. That's why I always say to people, it's important that um, that we uh, encourage every age group to be progressive, no matter where they're at. If they're 80 years old, being progressive still in society while you're still alive and here is important. If you're 95, being progressive in what you can still do. Why you're here. The future doesn't just belong to the young. You're wrong if you're thinking that. You're crazy. Because by the time you reach the future to take the head, you're 60. You're 50. You're 45. Even, you know, y'all know I got to tell Bible story, right? Even in the story of of, of Moses, when Moses, uh, in the story, if y'all most of y'all know the story of Moses in Egypt when he's leaving Egypt out of the wilderness, well, when Moses gets frustrated, he isn't allowed to uh, enter in the promised land. And so who's left to lead the next generation? All that generation dies out, the Bible says, because of their lack of belief. But there are two people left from that generation who are allowed to lead the people. They lead the people. And it's a middle-aged face, uh, middle-aged uh, character, Joshua, and an old man, Caleb, who lead a new generation into the promised land. So you always need every group of people, every age of people, okay?
That doesn't mean you have to listen to non-progressive elderly and non-progressive youthful people, but you are non-progressive middle age. But you need to listen to people who are progressive and movement and have wisdom. Okay, so it is what it is. So I'm not surprised. This is this is this is hard. It's making it harder for older people to uh, people in their 50s to find work and stuff like that because we live in a youth culture and we live in this culture where they're selling elitism. Elitism, I mean, is selling this idea of of just youth all the time. And I really believe this. Listen, I'm 50 years old and I just got my bachelor's degree. I really believe if you want to go back to school and get your degree, don't ever think you're too old. There's people older. I saw older people walking across stage in their 60s. Never think you're too old to get what you need to get done. Don't let the society tell you what you can and can't do. There's certain things that you can't do. Physicality may may put a damper on certain things and age on that note. But mentally and spiritually, what you can do, you can do a lot. So don't feel, um, don't let this kind of news sadden you, okay? So very interesting. Uh, let me see, what else I want to talk to you about? Uh, let's see. That's what we're going to talk about. What else do we have up? Okay, we talked about Tory Lanez. Okay, you know, I saw this the other day, and I just thought to myself, Airy Lennox again. Am I getting ready to have to go off on Airy Lennox again? Oh, God, I just can't. I can't. Should I read the first? Oh, God, Airy Lennox asked. Hyper Beast, this is according to HyperBeast.com. Airy Lennox reveals age, sex, location, tour will be her last. I'm like, what was the first, bitch? What was the first? What was the first tour? Was there a first tour? I don't even remember. She's just now getting in the mainstream. Just like the second album that just got in the mainstream. She may have been, listen, you may have had tours before when you was underground, but they don't count. Like, what tours you talking about? This is your final one. You acting like you've been Janet out here and, and Cher and Anita Baker and shit. Talking about, this is my last tour. A short day or some motherfucking body. This going to be my last tour. Bitch, you, what? You just starting. What you this is the same person that said she was going to quit because of Soul Train Award. No, no, no. I wasn't going to talk about her because I've been trying to, I like it every minute, so I've been trying not to get on her ass. But this right here, when I heard read this, I was like, the last tour. Ari Lennox has announced that her upcoming age, sex, location tour will be her last. The Washington, D.C. artist dropped her sophomore stu- she ain't even got a good two albums in. This is just the second one. This is, it ain't been out that long. What's she talking about? It's going to be hers last year. <sighs> Studio album in September through J. Cole's Ringville Records. I know J. Cole and them like, just like, what the fuck is going on? I know y'all scratching y'all head. She'll be touring the R&B album throughout the North America beginning next month. Lennox's first show is slated um, for January 26th in Las Vegas. From there, she'll make stops in major cities across the U.S. and Canada, including Los Angeles, Houston, Toronto. The single will wrap up her month-long run with the final performance in her hometown of Washington, D.C., Tower Theater on March 28th. Age, sex, location will be my last tour, Lennox, Lennox wrote in a su- surprising tweet on Thursday. I love my genuine fans so much and can't wait to give you all my all every night. Age, sex, and location will be my last tour. I love my genuine fans. I can't wait to give you. 
Europe, I love you, but unfortunately there will not be a tour due to reasons out of my control. Happy holidays. Lennox did not expand on why she won't be touring future music releases. Despite the disappointment of some fans who weren't able to secure tickets to her age, and said, and it's just a marketing scheme, because you know the older artists be doing this marketing scheme talking about, this is my last tour. Now, Anita Baker got the motherfucking right to lie and tell us it's her last tour. Sheer had the motherfucking right to lie and tell us it's her last tour. And if Janet want to say it's her last tour, anybody like that who's been out here for a number of years grinding, putting up with all kind of crazy shit in the industry, you got the right to say this is your last tour. Eric Lennox Punk ass? No, you do not. What, what, do you, what you mean it's your last tour? You, you just got two albums. I cannot deal with this. What are, we, are we serious around here? This is the girl who said she was going to quit by the soul train war. What? Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk. Is this a marketing scheme? It, the area of it is, it's too soon. It's too soon. It's, it's, it's too soon if you're trying to get people to buy these tour tickets. You're probably paying small venues. She ain't even a good open. She's just an opening act, really, right now. For real, she ain't really doing no big tours. And if she's if she's going on tour by herself, I'm sure it's smaller venues. Ari, here's what I want you to do. I really do because here is the thing. I really don't think you like being a recording artist. And I understand because there's a lot of shit in that industry. I just I get it, and I hear all the shit. I can't possibly know. I ain't out there artisting and stuff like that, but I understand there's a lot of shit. But you, one of them chicks that sound like you just hate this shit, like this must, this this is shit you just hate. And you know, I want you to be happy. After this, I'm let this be your last tour, and sing, go find a nice donut shop, local clubs, and just sing to your heart's content. You know, no, 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 no. This is the right thing. I'm just, I'm telling her the right thing. Sing, do the, because you don't obviously like the other shit that comes with it. And it's, you know, because you only got two albums out talking about this is your last tour. This is my last tour. <laughs> and you just be sounding crazy. Like she was just about to quit. Remember about the interviews? She got mad and didn't want to quit, didn't want to do no more. I don't want to do no more. I'm just going to quit. I just want Eri to go and be happy. Sing at the local donut shop, the local uh, grocery store. I, you know, it sounds kind of shitty when you start doing shit like when you start saying, because she's always, because what they doing, to, and Ari, I'm sorry if I'm putting you out here, if I'm wrong, you know, because this is what these blogs and stuff are saying. Maybe you ain't like this at all. Maybe you quite different. Maybe you really have a story behind this. But it sounds like you just, since you've been out there, you just ain't really like shit. First it was the motherfucking Soul Train. Wait, let me look it up. Wasn't it Soul Train? Ari Lennox upset about Soul Train. Was that her? That was her. Let me see. It was her. I'm sure it was. Let me make sure. Before I, before I, before I finish going off. Yeah, that was her. It was her. 
Eric Lynch frustrated over album being stepped on after going home. Trophy that says Soul Train's Awards. Talking about she quit. That was her. That was Eric Lynch. Did she also quit with, when a bad interview happened? Yes, yes, yes. And now it's my last tour, and this is just my funky-ass sophomore album. I'm out here acting like I'm motherfucking short day. I'm motherfucking uh, share, and I'm about to quit. This is my last tour. I mean, Jasmine ain't even said, Jasmine Sullivan ain't even said such such craziness. And here's Harry Man. It's my last tour, y'all. Girl, you ain't even went on the first one good. Shit, get out of here. I ain't got time. Sing at the donut shop, Harry Man. I bet she ain't going to quit, though. And I bet this ain't her last tour. Full of shit. Maybe I got you pegged wrong, but you sound full of shit. I'm just my last tour. Are you trying to sell these little venues by telling people this is your last tour? She's playing tricks and ain't even got to share status yet. And she already doing the last tour trip. She's a lot. It's a lot. I can't deal with it. I'm moving on. I actually like her. But damn. Come on, really? What's next? She's. Should we talk about who do we need to talk about? We're gonna take a break before I get into Fantasia. Talking about how most artists are broke out there. How, I mean not most, how a lot of artists are broke and struggling. And then we're gonna talk about Kim Kardashian. And some more news. Master P and Romeo and all this stuff is going on. We're gonna talk about all of it when I get back. But meanwhile we're gonna take a little bit of a break. I'll be back in a moment. Let's listen to uh, Love Train. No, yeah, Love Train. It is. Confunction, the original. It's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all, okay?
We are back on the Carlotta Chatwood Show. It is the late night edition. I am up giving y'all shows after the holidays that I was supposed to give y'all before the holidays. I'm sorry. It's a freestyle show. So, I mean, I'm just going off the top of my head. So, if I forget something, if I forget a story to talk about, y'all understand, right? <laughs> it's late shit, okay? All right, you guys. So, we're back and we are talking. If you miss my Tory Lanez, y'all not going to like me. I know y'all going to write me about Tory. I know y'all going to write me, you know, I know y'all going to DM me. It's okay. I'm okay with it. Okay? It's okay. I'm okay. All right, before we get into Fantasia, though, I we talked about Erin Jennings on her last tour, y'all, with her sophomore album. I know you're going back there. Oh, Lord, she's alive. But let me talk about Akon's ass this week, okay? 
Akon was on the interview with ZZ Mills. Was ZZ Mills? This is the other show. And he says why he agrees with Nick Cannon's expansion of his family. That's how life is supposed to be. Akon's been out here saying some wild shit lately. You've been getting a lot of publicity just talking on shit. Okay, let's listen to Akon, Akon's foolishness this week, okay? Let's just listen to this. It's foolish. Let's hear it. Life is supposed to be. No, no, no. Why not? Because he's rich. No, but this is. Go on. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Okay, go on. Rich? discussion. Hopefully my audio is right. I know how I'd be on here. You know, it's messy sometimes, okay? But Akon, his crazy ass, okay, was saying how he, Nick Cannon is there for all his kids. And Nick Cannon this week was just talking about this motherfucker. See, this motherfucker don't be listening. Akon. This Nick, Akon, maybe you should listen a little bit more. Tell me, he there for all his kids. He there, he there, he there, he there. Nick Cannon was just talking about this week how he was feeling like he was spread thin. He's not able to be there for everybody. And then dumbass Akon go, proceeds to say that going to recitals is a white man's thing. Going to your kids' important events. Trying to be a father and be at some, I mean, I know, understand, I understand parents can't be at everything, and I encourage parents not to go to everything, go to things that are important. It's about quality time, not quantity. Is that right, quality? Yes. However, seeing recitals and things that are important to your children is a white man. Going to recitals is a white man. And we wondering about what be going on on the continent sometime over there, you know. No, 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 no. Is people is men over there on the continent? I ain't go. I ain't try to say all Africans, but I know Africa has got fifty nine different countries. And stuff. But is this what a lot of people think? Thinking like Akon, because this is why she's fucked up. This is why China and all these motherfuckers they would come over here and do some shit, wild shit. Everybody over to take advantage and shit. Because he's saying recitals is for white men. He don't believe in putting in 
quality time with your children. And what I said is that I have a hard time believing with a bunch of baby mamas with Nick Cannon and having a career in show business because show business takes so much out of you that you have time to be procreating all over the fucking place and spending time because you you create children who feel a sense of abandonment and all kinds of things when you're not there. Family units mean the fuck something, okay? Stop the bullshit, okay? Akon's crazy ass. It's out here talking. You know what I mean? At first it was Michael Jackson. Chris Brown is Michael Jackson. It's bullshit there. Now it's Nick Cannon. He think he already He think when Nick Cannon was just on this week, talking about I'm feeling spread thin. Even one of his baby mamas is out here. Shoot, she done. She done totally turned up. One of the baby mamas is out here in these streets. Like she's even, you know. She don't. It don't sound like she regret her baby, but it sound it sound like she so maybe rethinking about who she getting it. Okay, because she understand what the scope is now. This this is understanding that you know it can be a mess when you dealing with a man who's dropping the load, spreading it wide everywhere, and giving the feed out to everybody. It's just you know, it's just not right. But I, but I just wanted to talk about Akon, talking about recitals is for white men. <sighs> Jesus, I know. I can't say no more because I'm going to say something I ain't shouldn't say. But Jesus, this is this is a train of thought going on. It's scary. It's scary what's out there. It's scary how people think. It really is. It's scary. And these people have children. Help us, Jesus. Help us. They raise them. Somebody, somebody, they somebody's daddy. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's next? We don't talk about Diddy going out about my young Miami. Nope. Talking about Diddy. You're talking about yelling at the TV screen at that man, him and Carissa and Carissa. Talking about what she, my shorty. We ain't got time for she Diddy shenanigans. We don't talk about but I will talk about this story before I get into uh, who am I getting into next? Before I get into the story of um, uh, what's the next story I want to get into? Fantasia. Man, when I heard this story, I was like, people ain't playing out there with they shit nowadays. Y'all better be careful in these streets, you thieves. According to KCTV5, says, uh, a St. Louis County woman is charged with two counts of first-degree murder. They probably gonna have to change that to manslaughter because they would be. I don't know too many people who convict her on first degree. But so after she tracked down her stolen car and allegedly killed two men outside a gas station, police said. Demisha Coleman, 35, of Spanish Lake, was charged Thursday in the deaths of Darius Jackson, 19, and Joseph Ferrara, 49. Another man was shot in the head during the shootout but survived. It was not immediately clear which, if any, of the three men were suspected of stealing Coleman's car at the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Surveillance video showed Coleman walking up to a Hyundai Tucson at the gas station with a man who was also carrying a weapon, according to a police detective. Police have not released the man's name. The video shows Coleman opening the car with a gun with her gun raised while the man the man opens the door also with the gun raised. 
Coleman fired and sparked the shootout. She told detectives during a recorded interview that she went to the gas station to take her stolen car back. Coleman, who has no prior criminal history, is charged with two counts of murder, one count of assault, and three counts of armed criminal action. Now, uh, here's what I will say with this case. Now, this is this this is sound. It depends on if they find out more. There's more to this case in terms of uh, did she know these people or was these people not the people that stole her car? You know, I, I'm not quite sure. This case is sounding a little strange here. But if this was a case where two people stole her car, I'm sure they're gonna probably have to reduce the charges like to a manslaughter or something like that. Um, here's what I will say to people out here. Be careful who you – you might be stealing from somebody who's crazier than you. And they don't mind coming to get their shit. And you be done lost your life over a Hyundai Tuscan. Child, what kind of shit is that? You get to the other side, hey, how you get here? I stole a Hyundai Tuscan. <laughs> I got here. I stole a Hyundai. What a way to go. Stealing a Hyundai. Motherfuckers. Like, y'all crazy. Quit stealing people's shit. It's crazy people out here who will come get their shit. And when they come get their shit, they'll come with the gangster. Just as gangster as you trying to steal their shit. So for all you criminals out there, Realize we coming to a time where people are not going to be taking criminality. So, the, you know, I always said, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it was good what she did. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this: if more women, more people, more women protected themselves by, uh, was it uh, with with protection and 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 and, and self defense and stuff, it'd be less likely motherfuckers would try to do some shit of the shit they do to women. People might think twice before a motherfucker breaking your house. A motherfucker breaking your like, oh, what they got up in there? You know, that's that's this is what it's gonna be turned into. It's gonna be some people you're gonna come into somebody's house and they're gonna be gangsters. Like that lady in Florida, that time two boys tried breaking her house, and she said, don't open that door. They proceeded to open that door. She blasted their asses right out of here. They tried to get her on motor charges. That shit didn't work because what would they have done if they got in her house? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, some gangsters out here. Y'all better quit fucking with people. You mess around and fuck the messer. That's what my grandmother used to say. Don't you end up messing with somebody and end up messing with the messer. That's what they call the messer. The one that can mess with your back. And obviously, what's her name? Let me hit this. Hold on. Get this story back out. Obviously, Demisha was the messer. Demisha's ass was so gangster, she went back and carjacked them for her car story is true, if it's, a, if it's seeming like what it sounds like, they lost their life for still in the hot day. A Tuscan at that. Motherfuckers, they wouldn't even, you ain't even get up here, you ain't even dead for a Mercedes? A Hyundai? You ain't even still Hyundai? 
Wow, shit. Y'all better quit playing out in these streets. Be the mess with the messer. And Demisha was not playing. Demisha went back looking for her, allegedly, if this story is right, went back looking for her shit and came blasting. Gangster shit. Gangster shit. Ah, now Fantasia this week has some interesting things to say about artists that went viral, about artists, uh, you know, being broke. And listen, I found this out about a lot of uh, celebrities having money problems. I knew this years ago. You know, when I was young, I remember my first time I remember I read this article when I was a kid. And my grandparents are musicians and stuff like that. And so I remember I was so impressed by a certain group, and I thought, oh, my God, they drive this car. And said, my grandma like, girl, please, them, keep, them people ain't got that much money. A lot of that be recoupment money. And I remember I was like, huh, what's recoupment? And that was my first thing to look of that artists were not sometimes always what they look like they are. They, they're, they're there to sell you glamour, glitz, and that's part of their job. But really – Sometimes behind the scenes, they be struggling like a muffler. And I remember a few years ago, I went to go see Dennis Kimbrough at a bookstore here. And that's the young the man that wrote, uh, he's wrote uh, Get, uh, Get Rich Thinking. He would finish it for Napoleon Hill. He's a big motivational speaker. He does a lot of talks. He talked about how Deborah Lee, alleged, well, I think it was Deborah Lee, asked him to come to the BET Awards to speak to celebrities about money. Because a lot of them were broke and didn't understand how to care for their finance. All kinds of stuff is very interesting. So what the story that we about to hear Fantasia say is not surprising to me. No, not at all. Nothing surprising what Fantasia is about to say around these streets because you hear stories like this every day. So let's listen to Fantasia. What's the other thing? Okay, let's see here. I'll pull it up. Okay. Let's take it. I don't like to be, I don't, I don't like the whole celebrity thing. Yeah, but you have more money than we have, Fantasia. You don't know that. <laughs> a lot of a lot of artists that you see, they look like they have it, and we smile and we come out and we put on a good show. But in real life, some of them are struggling, and we don't have it. I'm just now building myself back up. I lost everything twice, so I cook my own food. I don't need no chef. I'm from North Carolina. My grandma and my mama taught me how to. Grab it back here. Hey, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm interrupting myself. Yeah, no, I cook my own food. I don't have a chef. I go get the, my own groceries. Um, I don't have a driver. I drive my own car. You know, um, that is fake. I don't want to be, I don't want that life or else I quit. I don't want it. It's, it's already a lot out here in the industry. I don't want that life. I'm just like you, sis. Mm-hmm. Just like you. So, no, I cook my own food. Um, you know, you got to pay the trainers. Yeah, but sometimes I get people to come in and just say, yo, we just want to work with you. And, um, you know, uh, you post me and, and I'm like, okay, cool. But I also tell them, too, that God gave you a gift and a talent and you can't always give it for free. Yeah. So 
God bless them for blessing me, you know. But no, I cook my own food. I don't think it. I think you can do it yourself. And yeah, it's it's not that for me, and I don't want it to be that for me. Okay. When I heard this, I was not surprised about what she was saying. Okay. Um. Uh, a lot of and Antonio Moore and Yvette Cornell have spent a lot of time talking about celebrities being the decadent veil and how in Black America a lot of celebrities are used to mask the fact of Black America not being uh, where they should because what what people will do what what happens is people see images of people like Jay Z, Beyonce, and all these people go out throughout the world thinking oh well Black Americans are doing better not understand that most of black America is still in poverty in America and that slavery and Jim Crow laws and segregation and all those things had a tremendous effect on black people and black people's lifestyles. One of the effects, I don't think that's the only effect. Some of it is ourselves, but some, a lot, but a lot of it is because we have been put behind by certain things in America that's made it hard for black people to achieve. And so you have this group of celebrity them that is put up to, to look like we're making it. And even they are sometimes struggling in that decadent veil. Okay. And, um, but they are put up as the thing to say, Oh, we're not the racist country anymore. Oh, we're not. It, we're, we're, we're equal now, but that a lot of times is not so. Even they uh, struggle. All that glitters ain't gold, okay? Um, however, I do want to say this a couple of things, okay? Now, why I great get what Fantasia was saying, but I also understood in listening to her why Fantasia was struggling so much. Because I'm a spiritual person, too, okay? And, you know, and I understand. A lot of times, sometimes I can understand shit well, people, and sometimes I be struggling with the shit myself, but sometimes I can understand it when I hear it. And it's something that Fantasia said in this clip. And, it, I, and I said, that's why she struggles to make it. She thinks she's like everyone else. <sighs> Fantasia said, I'm just like you, sis. Now, she couldn't have said that to me in the interview. I said, no, you ain't. I went right back to her and said, no, you're not. I said, I don't be going to the Soul Train Wars to sing. I sing in front of Patti LaBelle and Shaka Khan. I didn't win American Idol. <laughs> you're not like Fantasia. You're not like everybody else. And that is probably why you struggle. When I heard it, I I was looking at the decadent veil stuff too, but I couldn't. Spiritually, I heard her struggle, trying to be the girl from North Carolina. I'm just like you. I'm sorry. I cook my own food. I cook my own shit. I remember one time I was uh, listening to this this wealthy, uh, very wealthy uh, lady one time, and she was talking about how she grew her, started growing her business and everything and how she was refusing to get maids and stuff, but she was getting so busy. And she said how she came in her house, you know, she was trying to put her business and stuff together, and she kept seeing this one little cobweb up in the corner of her house. And she said she wasn't never cleaning it. She said finally one day she got the broom down and started knocking it down. 
but she said she had to come to the conclusion that her lifestyle was changing and that she couldn't clean the house anymore. She couldn't do cook her own food. She could because she was so busy. So many things was happening for her and that her lifestyle in some ways was changing due to her career ascent. And she had to accept that that change was afoot. It didn't change who she was in the core of her, but it was changing some some things about her. The problem is when you are into a certain lifestyle, when you are, when you are, when you have accomplished great things, don't try to diminish yourself by trying to be like everyone else. It will not help you. That's why she said when she says when she says in that interview. I had to build myself back up twice. Sis, you know why you've had to build yourself back up twice? Because you think you're like everybody else. You're trying to be Fantasia from the little girl from North Carolina when the little girl has to evolve into a a celebrity. You can't continue. You can't be that. The core of you can be that person, but you've got to evolve with the punches. And I got it. I was like, the reason, no, the reason why she left the season is because she thinks I'm just like you, sis. Like she was making it sound like a guilty thing, like, I, I, don't want to, I don't want that. I don't want, she's in conflict. I don't want, I see what it do to people. Uh, you may see what it do to some people, but what, what will it, here's the thing. Beyonce can't cook her own food. Shit. Beyonce got too many projects and shit and things. She got too much shit going on. It doesn't mean she ain't a real person. It just means, you know, she, so now I know a lot of celebrities, that shit blow their mind. They be up there just arrogant and shit. But you, it's how you deal with shit, how you do deal with the expansion of yourself. And being, and it doesn't, listen, humility is not shrinking back. Humility is not saying, I don't want that. I don't want that. Because sometimes you need, you may need an assistant. You may need to pay somebody to come in and cook your food, like the like I was saying about the lady with the cobwebs. She understood that I I can no longer clean up my house like I used to because I'm so busy and I need the extra help. That doesn't mean you respond to it in arrogance. You have to find your own genuine fantasia-like way to grow and evolve into this celebrity that you need to be. But otherwise, if you're in conflict with the growth that it's going to take because you're scared of being like some of them other funky asses that you've seen out there, then you're not, you're going to struggle with this whole thing. Celebrity. And this is in life. I'm telling you guys this because this is in life. She kept trying to convince that top, that person. And I hate when celebrities do this. I'm just like you. I'm just like you. I'm like, no, you ain't. I didn't win American Idol. I don't go on tour with Max Wheel. Oh, well, kind of. <laughs> well, I don't open up the tour with Max Wheel. I mean, shit like that. Come on, Fantasia. You're not like everybody else. That's bullshit. First of all, first is just accept that you have changed from the young lady in North Carolina. And if you keep running around here talking about you, that same chick from North Carolina, I guarantee you will fall again. The, the money will come through again. I guarantee you'll have a third round because you have to accept evolution. 
That doesn't mean you have to become the ugly thing that evolution might present, that the evolving every every level has a trick. Every level has something you can be, but you have to grow in it in character. Every level, every level we move into is a is a test of our character, right? Every day we're we're being tested. That doesn't mean you have to maybe a lot of celebrities haven't survived the character thing, but you but, but that doesn't mean you can't survive it. And it's the things that you're saying, Oh, I don't want to cook my I cook my own food, I go to the own grocery store. What happens when you can't go to the grocery store? When you're so busy that you can't go to the grocery store. That doesn't mean you can't. You can say, hey, because you can say once a month or maybe once a, every year I try to get out to the grocery store. I know I'm different from y'all, but I try to keep some sense of normalcy in my life. You know what I'm saying? But this ain't a normal life. And that's okay. It's okay to not live like everybody else. It's okay to embrace what your career has to offer. Don't let it make you crazy. But I, I really got that. I felt like that was powerful in listening to her say that because I heard a sense of guilt of, of having to become something, having to evolve, having to have evolution. And I felt like she felt guilty about having to evolve. And I was like, no, the reason you're failing is because you don't want to, you're having a hard time with evolution. Why I get, and and part of that is because she doesn't want to lose her core values of who she is, what she learned in North Carolina. And you don't have to lose those. But there's a whole other world out there for you to embrace. And if you're saying, if you think that, That you shrinking back and saying, I don't want to cook for myself. I'm a child. I'm just like you. I'm this and that. This and, that, and, that, and, that. and lying to yourself and telling yourself you like the woman who's interviewing you. That's not humility. That's being in denial, some kind of crazy denial. And it will stop you from achieving the very things you need to achieve because you're still trying to be something you're way past. You can hold on to the core values that you would tell as a young person, or maybe you need to evolve from them. I don't know. But you can still hold on to those things and still become who you need to be. And a lot of people would hear this interview and be impressed by it. She'd be like, oh, please, Fantasia, she can reread. She's trying to be your You know, she's trying to be. No, it's what Fantasia is scared to evolve. And the key, what she said, a lot of us are struggling. A lot of artists are struggling because a lot of artists are in the, a career that maybe just not good for them. Like I said about Ari Lennox. Like if you, you know, if a part of you doesn't like, I mean, a lot of people love their jobs but hate certain things that come along with it. You know, like people love work and they like, shit, I hate I got to wake up early in the morning and go to this bitch. I love my job. I hate I got to go up and get up and get in the morning. But it's, everybody hates little fractions of their job. But however, people understand they have to go past it to, in order to evolve and how, in order to live in it and be successful at it, right? Um, but then there are people who are in constant conflict with the growth and evolution of what that all means because they see, maybe they see people changing or they see people like, oh, I don't want that for myself. 
listen, let me just say this. If you work on your character as a person, as you grow in about because that's part of the character change too. See, some people think that, um, uh, like Fantasia saying, like she thinks that's, that's actually humility. But that's not humility. That's lack of growth, what she said. I don't want it. I don't want it. Because she's scared of what she's seen other people without character do with it. Part of the Whitney Houston problem, I believe. Whitney Houston struggled between being this New Jersey girl from the hood, growing up with a mom, a grandmother, but she didn't grow up normal. Whitney wanted to be normal, but there was nothing normal about Whitney, Whitney Elizabeth Houston. Nothing. Not one damn thing. Grew up with Dionne Warwick as your cousin. Your mama, the great Sissy Houston. Beautiful in your face. Beautiful. I mean, nothing normal about your ass. Even though you grew up in in Jersey and around maybe a little bit of the hood, but grew up singing in the choir. Early on, having just the hand of God on you. Nothing normal about that. And the problem was with Whitney Houston is she 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 was too busy trying to be like something she never was, which was normal. You killed her. I'm just like you. No, you ain't. You got the voice of angels. And you was able to take it around. You had a cousin that was, you know, oh, my God, embrace. What I'm really trying to say is embrace the greatness of who you are. Fantasia is not just like, she said, I'm just like you, sister. She's trying to relate to people on a normal level. Yeah, I like to cook my own food and stuff like you. And I'm just like you, but you're not. Your experience has been so deep. Girl who went to audition for American Idol wins it, captures the world, has fire in her bones, raised in a, raised, was traveling, see, here's something else about Fantasia, was traveling with her family, has a gospel group, that ain't normal, sis, you ain't like everybody else, cut the bullshit, never was. normal. No, you're not. It's okay. That's what creates great. Being in denial. Say, you. I would prefer her to say, you know what? I grew up in a very unnormal, a not normal situation, and I was introduced to a world that, you know, uh, that's very normal. I mean, that's not very normal being in, in the industry. But my life and my family and everything around me prepared me to go into this. There's some elements of it I don't like. I try to keep my core as a woman, but I understand this is different. And I understand the tough things that come with it as well as the great things. Some of us are to struggle, you know what I'm saying? But... Part of the reason I understand what Fantasia's struggle is, Fantasia's struggle isn't just decking the bell stuff. Fantasia's struggle is a struggle to accept that she isn't like everyone else and to not feel guilt for it. 
nothing normal about her. I, 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 found, I found that interesting. I wanted to share that because maybe some of y'all need to hear that for yourselves out there, that first of all, none of us, I think, in the world are what we think is normal, right? You know what I'm saying? But understand that there are a lot of people who have unique stories. And sometimes we trying to downplay our uniqueness because it's hard to relate. Even though we may have down-home elements, you know, because I find myself sometimes doing that, trying to downplay certain things that are unique about me or different about me or whatever to try to fit in or whatever. And you may have down-home elements of yourself, but there is nothing about her that's like anybody else. She said, I'm just like you. says, no, you're not. I would have had to challenge her. And this, some of you have great stories out there, but you trying to in a normal box that you no longer fit. You trying to fit in a little bitty old box of your neighborhood, a little bitty old box of your, uh, and I don't mean you don't care for the people in your neighborhood and you don't advocate for them and stuff like that. But what I mean is you're trying to fit in a box of a place maybe you once were. And you're trying to relate to people by saying, well, I'm just like you, but you're not. And that's okay. Embrace your difference. Nothing normal about Fantasia. Even when, even though Fantasia was a teenage mom, Fantasia was doing shit that normal people weren't doing. She was singing, going around touring and singing with her family, singing gospel. That's ain't, that shit ain't normal. Pairing her for where she was heading. And that ain't normal preparation. You don't have a normal life. I know she's trying to pretend like she's a North Carolina, you know, plain girl. I'm just, you know, I'm just down home. I just, uh, I like girls on the store. And that, all that shit will fuck you up, trying to pretend that you're something you ain't. It's fucked with me up. That's what fucked with me up to me, trying to be something she wasn't. I'm just, you know, I'm down home Jersey girl. And there may have been elements of Whitney Houston that was down home Jersey, but nothing was normal about Whitney Houston. From her mama being Sissy Houston to her her auntie being, I mean, her cousin being a Dion Warwick to having doors open in the industry everywhere. And if she had just embraced all that she was, probably still be here instead of trying to downplay it down. When we embrace the gifts and the talents and the things we have, that's not arrogance to do so. It's not arrogance. It's arrogant to 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 only believe in your giftings and not understand where your giftings come from, that they come from God. They're a gift from God. But to understand that you have great gifts that can move you in areas where you never thought you'd be. Right? The Bible says your gifts will bring you before kings and queens and stuff like that. It's okay to embrace that. It is not humble to try to not embrace it. And that's why I said Fantasia didn't have been broke twice because she ain't embracing everything that comes, that that she isn't embracing at all. She's too busy trying to run from the situation, from the, from the industry she's in. And that don't mean you got to accept the bad. I'm saying you got to understand it's okay sometimes to have butlers and all that stuff because you 
because sometimes your lifestyle just requires it. You're too busy. But if you're sitting up here fighting, I'm trying to fight not having a butler. When you know you're on a world tour and you need to fucking, I mean, I'm trying to fight not having a chef. And you're on a world tour and you know your ass can't get up and cook on the world tour. Now, it's different when you're starting off, when you're airy minute. And you, you may be starting off and you may have to do some little things on your own, on your tour and stuff, because you ain't got a lot. You ain't a big artist yet. So, you know, when you first start off as an artist, you may have to do your own makeup or you may have to do little things right now or ask people to come in and help you for free and all that stuff. I get that shit. Okay. But when you try to ascend to the heights and have these beautiful things, have things come to you, like somebody to help you with your uh, wardrobe, you get a stylist. Maybe you like picking out your clothes, but you ain't got time to shop no more because you're trying to build a career. Or maybe you ain't got time to cook because you got to sing tonight. You ain't got time to find you up no hamburger, Fantasia, or something healthy because you got to go open up for Maxwell. Now, if you're still struggling with, well, I can't cook, I need to cook. If you're still struggling with that, I, need that. I don't want to not be normal. And so when they're trying to gift you a chef for the night, say, hey, so they can come in and help you be healthy, you're going to be shucking it off. You're going to be shucking off things that can help you because you, you feel a certain way. You've seen other people misuse and mishandle them and mishandle power. I think it's humble to try to stay like, oh, I don't want that. I don't want that. And it's really not. It sounds like you don't know your power and know yourself, okay? So I just said, I, I wanted to say all that to y'all because I wanted y'all to get that for yourself in life when I listened to that interview. I mean, I listened to part of that interview. I, it was deep when she was saying about artists not being successful, but I also thought about artists who fight some of the beautiful things that come with being an artist. Now, I understand Now I understand that you have to have balance with that. You don't want to accept all kind of shit because, you know, Sometimes it can get you hung up. You want to accept that you want to accept it at a time and a place when when you need chefs coming in the door because you're busy. It's okay. That's help. That's not trying to be angry and show off. It's saying, hey, I need some help with cook people helping me cook. I may need some help with people going out to get my groceries because I'm so busy. I've got to do this or I got to do that. You get what I'm saying? So you got to see it for what it is and have balance with it, not people who try. I know there are some people who use it as an arrogant factor, and they trying to be hiding and trying not to be, you know, when they really, you know, they really should get out more in regular life. Like I talk about Beyonce. She needs to really come out the cloud and get out and around. You got to have balance with it. But sometimes she's just so busy. But for people you, you have to be able to embrace all those things. And that's what I was saying even about Aerie Linux tonight. There's not an embracing of all these things that are happening for her. And I understand the industry is a trip, but still, you have to be, you talking about this your last tour, sis, and you ain't been on, uh, uh, you ain't had a good album out yet. I mean, a good album and a half. It's your second album. And you already talking about not touring. It's just crazy. But that's what I'm just saying. Have balance with it all. Part of the reason... Fantasia's uh, probably done had this happen to her twice is because she has that attitude of, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. And, and it's running away from her. The success, so it's always putting her back in a place. So what, what God, what the God, how God created the universe and the laws and stuff to act for us. You, the universal laws are hearing her say, I don't want the growth. 
I just want to be that little girl from uh, North Carolina and where I was. And so they put her, they keep putting her back there because that's what she keeps asking for. She's saying, I don't want that. I don't want no, I just want to cook for myself. I'm just like you, sis. So the universe is hearing her say, oh, she's just like everybody else. So I'm just going to put her back there where everybody else is. That's what she, that's what she desires. That's how God created the universe to act for our behalf. I have to say that kind of shit to myself sometimes, you know, because I be doing that shit. So I understood. I heard it immediately with Fantasia. And that's why she probably failed twice. Because the universe is hearing, I just want to be that North Carolina girl. And even with Whitney Houston, I just want to be a plain old Jersey girl. Well, show business, she was, she was constantly in conflict with herself and achieving, and it made so bad that it made her to deal with it and cope, and cope with other things, demons in her life. But part of the thing is you got to embrace your story and embrace who you are, especially in a career like the arts and show business. It requires it. And I know it's easier said than done. I know a lot of us don't even talk shows and stuff, be talking shit to y'all. But really, if you don't embrace what you're in, if you hate it that much, you need to get out of it because it'll destroy you. So you have to reassess if that's really what you're supposed to be in. Like she said, I don't want all the stuff that come with the industry, but it does come with the industry because what part of being in the industry is that you sell a certain look, a certain glass, you sell an image, you sell certain things. You're in the business of imaging. You're also in the business of, and and you can still keep it real and everything, but you are in a business of show business, show, performance, show, performance, show, performance. And you have to have great balance with that. And I know that's easier said than done. But when I heard that, I said, that's why the failure is happening, because she's not embracing it. And for if I have two different people listening to me tonight, you can use that and apply that to your career. If you don't embrace the spaces and the places you're in, you will be in conflict. And, it, and, and, and sometimes it will mess up you becoming successful or achieving. Because what the, like I said, because what the universe will hear is I'm content with with where I'm at, what I'm comfortable, where I'm comfortable. And it'll keep you just in that space. So every time, basically what I'm saying with Fantasia, I'm going to leave it alone after this. When Fantasia says she's not comfortable with any of that and starts saying all that stuff and saying I'm just like everybody else and all that stuff, what the laws of the universe hear her saying is, I really don't want to be this. I'm in conflict with uh, how I make my money. I'm in conflict with all these things. So I just want to be the girl from North Carolina. So whatever she was before American Idol, that's why she keeps losing everything because she keeps going back. It keeps putting her back with what she thinks she is. Y'all get it? I hope y'all get it. <sighs> it's a, that's a, it's a word for some of y'all who won't catch it. Okay. Uh, now, going on a little Romeo. Speaking of Romeo, little Romeo. It's a little, because you can't see how a little Romeo, he's a grown-ass man. What, Romeo, about 30-something years old? Romeo, okay, Master P and Romeo. There's a lot of stuff going on with Master P and Romeo this week. 
you know, I do not, let me just say this. I'm going to say I believe everything Romeo saying. And there's a reason why I do, because I saw the reality show, the growing up hip hop. And I remember I would be saying to myself, why is Master P and all these little, right? it, was just, it was just certain little things about Master P that made me believe that Romeo was telling the truth from, this, this, uh, from all the things he's been saying this week. Okay, so let me see if I can pull up that story for y'all. Um, I got it up. Got Master P. Okay, Romeo claims he's broke. And all his money was used to pay Master P's taxes. P responds. And this is what he says. He said, Romeo Miller is claiming he is currently broke. This is from uh, com. It says, claiming he's broke and that all his money from his music career was used to pay his father Master P's taxes. So no limit founder has now responded. On Sunday, Romeo, who he now goes by his government name, Romeo Miller, hit up Instagram with a post regarding his mental health. And he called out his father Master P for a moderate Myriad of uh, myriad of things sparking up lengthy public back and forth between the two on social media. Romeo revealed many personal feelings he holds towards Master P as it pertains to the behind-the-scenes family life as well as his current financial situation. In the form of a poem titled The Tree of Trauma, Romeo aired out his grievances towards the media, saying that his mother and siblings have suffered as a result of the limelight and placed the primary blame on his father, Master P. Half, how if I really speak my truth, my family will crumble, wrote the record exec son. That's like telling a boxer he has no right to rumble. Imagine telling a butterfly she has no right to fly. Then the butterflies die before she even started. Why is being right to strangers much more important than being vulnerable at home, he continued, seemingly referring to Master P's implied obsession with his own public image. Why is it that I'm soaring and my siblings are not? Probably because... Of because our father didn't give them the same time on the clock, chase the money or chase the fame and family. You can't do both now because you're you are gambling. From there, Romeo directed his point towards his mother, who he claims is the victim of much scrutiny and has taken on the brunt of Miller family's issues throughout the years. He continued, "My mother was broken for years of publicity, and still uh, from the concrete she rose. If people knew your truth, you'd be strong like Mama too." Regardless of the damage, just look deep because behind every great king, there was a queen that carried on his curses that were never seen. I've tried and tried behind the walls that hide, but maybe social media is the only way to open up the giant size. Once Master P caught wind of his son's emotional point on Sunday, he went to Instagram to not only defend himself against his son's accusation, but also to counter Romeo's claims by explaining that social media is not the proper outlet to address matters of mental health and family issues. The new generation of kids need to stop blaming their parents for everything about Master P. Now, I can agree with some of that. Social media is not the place for a healing, son. I love you. Stop trying to get people to feel sorry for you, and let's come up with a solution. Okay, and probably another thing, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to read all the rest of this. I can read that on xxlmag.com. Uh, but let me tell you, partly, uh, even though I agree with Master P that some people be blaming their parents and stuff a little too much, I believe Romeo so much. You remember when Master P was out here telling talking about he wanted to buy Reeboks? I knew he was full of shit. Talking about he was gonna buy Reeboks. I'm like, you ain't gonna buy shit. Yeah, just a, just talking shit because he was out here selling everything from ghetto fruit loops to uh, hood chips, hood potato chips, hood hood lays. 
He means pancakes. He means everything. So I know Romeo is telling the truth. And when he went to confront him on the video, he had one of them boxes of the Fruit Loops next to him. And that's not just the hood, but it's just hood Fruit Loops because that's who they be trying to direct it towards. Okay. Romeo ain't lying. I don't believe it. I don't believe this. That's my personal belief. I believe there's some truth to what Romeo's saying. And I believe the death of his sister probably opened his eyes to a lot of shit. Okay? And I understand Master P, you know, listen, Master P, I think Romeo's having an understanding. He's not dissing his father completely. He understands that his father's position has allowed him a lot of great things. But he's also saying, hey, daddy, now it's time to sit your fake ass down and really deal with some real shit after our, 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 our we done had a sibling die. Now we need you to quit fretting out here like you, the, 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 like, a, like you Jay-Z. Down these brown food loops and, 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 and uh, 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 hood pancakes and hood potato chips. And let's deal with some real truth about how my little Romeo records help pay them taxes. Uh-oh. Because enough with this bullshit. That's what Romeo said. Nobody had enough of the fake bullshit. When our family's over here somewhere, everybody's suffering. Still out here pretending that we on the same level. We not. You was just on growing up hip hop, daddy. That's how I know we ain't on the same level. When they on growing up hip hop, yeah, this is that was it. That's people on it too. We was just on growing up hip hop. You trying to sell everything from the rooter to the tutor? We can't buy no rebox. Is that what Romeo's saying? I'm just trying to, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of, you know, trying to interpret. But I might be wrong. Is that what he's saying? In my own interpretation, in Carlotta's own interpretation, he's saying, "Daddy, quit staying on the ghetto food loop and come and be real, and let's give the people some realness. Let's tell people what really done went on. We done had shit go down, and when death comes, we need to open up our our truth to our truth." And heal. That really Romeo. Romeo sounds smart to me. And you know, and I've been critical of Romeo. But Romeo is sounding like he coming to some senses. I ain't mad at Romeo. Masterpiece, I believe Romeo. I said what I said. I said I believe Romeo. I don't believe Romeo lying at all. And I hope here's what I hope for Romeo. That you don't get stuck here. I understand, your, but your dad, listen, understand that your daddy, with all his flaws and shit, he has open doors for you. And walk through those doors. Don't argue with him too long in public. You a good actor. Get out here. Build your career up to where you need to be able to take control of your life. Don't argue with him too long. He got to come to his own sense of shit that he been doing. I saw him up there with them ghetto, trying to talk to you with some ghetto food and sex to him. I saw him. I know exactly what I think Master P is, what he, 
But Romeo, quit trying to convince everybody else. Don't spend too much time there. You done said your truth. Now get to work. I wouldn't probably rap if I was you. I'd probably go into, like, I'd be on growing up hip-hop, start building up your appearances, do some acting, take some acting classes, uh, you know, uh, 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 maybe do some motivational things. Spread your situation out. You know what I'm saying? Expand yourself. Use what your daddy, the gift that your daddy has given you. Use it to your advantage to build yourself up. Do take advantage of the gift that he has given. Yeah, I know you probably ain't been shitting something. I understand. I understand you using a little Romeo checks, like you saying, on taxes and shit. And then out here trying to act like you the man, you know, you about to buy a Reebok. I get it. I get you tired of the bullshit, but he got to come to those 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 lessons. You done said what you need to say. Now stop it. Look, don't don't argue and don't say no more. Start working on self, career, get yourself on. See if they got a road for you on power or something. You don't want these shows out here. Start building up your career. Don't look back. Love your daddy from a distance if you need to take some time away from his ass. Okay? And grow and build your own shit. And let daddy continue to sell hood ladies. And be in denial. What's next out here? Is it Kim Kardashian? Yeah, talk about. You know, I did. I will do want to say this. I did see Jermaine Dupree and Lil Bow Wow starting to get into it about a little stuff about Lil Bow. Jermaine Dupree talking about he started 106 and Park for Lil Bow Wow. Now, when I heard that shit, I was like, "Say so what you saying is 106 and Park was rigged?" Because that's what it kind of sounds like. I mean, he wasn't saying that, but it sounded like that to me. Because he was always calling himself Mr. One on Six and Park, and he was always going number one on stuff and everything. So I was like, ooh, this don't sound good with you saying that like that. And Lil Bow Wow came out and said, he's too Jermaine, lying, Stephen Hill, and blah, 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 started. Because Lil Bow Wow realized how that sounded. I mean, Chad understood that didn't sound right. Then Stephen Hill then came out. Yeah, I just think it was a bad look. I'm going to just say that. Jermaine Dupree, I don't think you should have said that, even if you did do it. Because it made it look like it made it, it sound funny. It sound like you you picked a vehicle to help sell him through. It just didn't sound right. I know he didn't mean it like that, but that's how it sounded. So I get what the, everybody was upset about, okay? But let me get into this Kim Kardashian, okay? Kim Kardashian cries talking Kanye shielding kids. It's really fucking hard. Oh. Are we ready to talk about Kim? Jeez, do I have time? How many minutes do I got? Kenneth Kardashian broke down in tears while opening up about her struggles. This is from TMZ.com, co-parenting with Kanye West amid their sick. And she said she's gone to great lengths to keep the drama away from their kids. This is an interview with Angie Martinez. Oh, let's listen. Let's get some time. We got some time for the bullshit, right? We do. We always got time for the bullshit on here, okay? <laughs> Let's listen. This be my assumption yeah. is that you protect your kids. I 
definitely protected him. Mm -hmm. And I still will Mm -hmm. in the eyes of my kids, for my kids. Mm -hmm. So in my home, Mm -hmm. my kids don't know anything that goes on Mm -hmm. on the outside world. And I've managed managed to – I'm holding on by a thread. I know I'm, like, so close to that not happening. But while it's still that way, I will protect that to the end of the earth as long as I can. Like, I will – I mean, my kids, they don't know anything. How? So – are the teachers, so I know what goes on at recess, I know what goes on at lunchtime, I hear what's being talked about. None of the kids have ever said anything to my kids. Like, I protect stuff in the house as far as, like, the TVs and the content. I feel like it must be a full-time job. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But but worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, worth it because I think that, of course, I want to disassociate in specific thoughts and things being said, because that's not me. But at the same time, in my home, like I could be going through something, but if we're riding to school and they want to listen to their dad's music, no matter what we're going through and no matter what is being happening in the world, like I have to have that, you know, smile on my face and blast his music and sing along with my kids and act like nothing's wrong. You know, as soon as I drop them off, I can have a good cry or, you know, text back and do what I got to do, but it's like, I had the best dad. I had, I don't want to get emotional. No. It's just been a day, please. But like. It's been a time. It has been. You know, it's hard. Shit is like co-parenting. It's really fucking hard, mm-hmm. you know? And like. You're not co-parenting with the. <sighs> Hmm. You chose them, sis. She she didn't have one. How many she had? Not two. How many? Three. Not three. How many is it? Four. Okay. Uh, let me just say this, okay? I'm sure your kids got to deal with a lot of shit. Not just from Kanye West, but what about when they find out the shit you did to get things? Woo, that's a lot of shit. I know that's right, girl. It's hard to hold all that shit. Not just Kanye. We're going to make this shit just about Kanye. Mate, Mom, you got a taste? That's a lot of shit. It ain't just Kanye. We ain't going to be just crying about Kanye's ass out here. Ooh, it's a lot of good shit going on. Man. Other shit going on in the Kardashian household. Them kids got to hear a lot of shit. And I don't hear understand how she protecting them. She said she protects shit. I'm with Auntie. That must be a full motherfucking time job. Okay. Uh, you know what? Here's the deal. Kids are a lot smarter than you think. When I was a kid, it was shit to go on. And, you know, my grandmother, I got to give it to my grandma. My granny sometimes was smart. She may not always know she was making the right decision, but my grandma would come in, in the room sometimes and tell me the real shit. She's like, listen, here, I'm uh, you don't have to cry because I'm telling you. Like, I remember my grandma telling me with a particular family member. It was, it was a lot of shit happening when I was a, baby, a young kid. And my granny could tell I was worried about it. She she could tell I was, like, you know, seeing little things around the house or whatever, the shit that was going on or whatever. I just particular family member. I remember my grandmother coming in to me. I'm probably about, maybe about 10 years old. My grandma said, let me tell you something. 
She said, I, I want to make this as plain for you to understand. She said, you have to make peace. You know what peace is? Making peace with yourself about what, what's happening. This ain't your fault. This ain't my fault. This ain't nobody's fault. We got to make peace with ourselves how this might end. And it might not be good. But you got to be okay because you got to be able to live and do your life. This ain't about you. This is about this person and their ability to cope with whatever. And I remember just being it being a powerful conversation, one of my most powerful conversations as a young person being I admired my grandmother coming in there just giving me some truth in, in the best way she could to me as a child. And after that, I felt like a weight was lifted. I didn't feel have responsible or anything, and I didn't feel like nobody was hiding stuff because in the real world, your friends, yo, you ain't gonna have when they get out there in real life. You know, it's gonna they're gonna really hear the shit, Kim. Now maybe you need to get with a therapist and find out how you can talk to your kids about the real shit they're about to find out. Not only about Kanye, but your ass too. And ain't nobody perfect. But you got to be able to have those conversations with your kid, and it should start early. You ain't got to spring every motherfucking thing on them, but you need to start to prepare to have that conversation because the road you headed down, when they do find out, they're going to be mad as fuck at you and Kanye, okay? So what I suggest is, is to quit crying about the man you chose. You chose this motherfucker, and he chose your ass. So you better find a way deal with real shit and help your kids deal with the shit of how, who you are and who Kanye is. Ain't no sense running around here hiding the TV and hiding all the bullshit because it's going to be some little kids too talking like, yo, daddy, you talking anti-Semitic. Yo, mama was a porn old star. You know your mama did a porn. So it's best that we get a therapist and stuff in there and just start to be real. Kids kids are smart. Kids appreciate it when you, I'm not, I'm not saying dump nothing really heavy, but being able to speak in their language and talk to them about what's really going on. I remember I appreciated my, my grandma coming in and telling me about this stuff to make my peace and be okay with it. It's not my fault. Ain't none of the shit they going through. Ain't not got nothing to do with me. People make choices, and I understood that in my childlike way, and it it released me from so much. As a little kid, my all the worrying I was doing because I really knew something was going on. And you think your little kids don't know something's going on, Kim Kardashian? So crazy ass. You up here talking to Angie Martinez? You think they don't know what the fuck's going on? You sitting up here grabbing some publicity every time you can? You better, you better sit down with a therapist and find out how to talk to them kids about the real shit, about of who y'all are, <laughs> and trying to blame it all like it's Kanye. Nah, bitch, you got to pass, too. Shit. Mommy, you just married. How many times you married? Trying to make it out like it's Kanye. I try to disassociate. No, 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 no. You got your shit too. Oh, I would have preferred to be like, you know, me and Kanye, we both got shit going on. And so, you know, we got a lot to be sharing with these kids. I'm trying to figure out how to do it. I would prefer that. <laughs> trying to blame Kanye. I just lost my music. It's like he ain't shit. 
Like she, like she, the only, like she been some, some a Saint Teresa out in these streets. Just crazy. She's got all this whole little black get up. Like she's been Saint Teresa. I tried to disassociate my, but it's my kid's father. I was music and like Kanye, the only the foul ass mofo in that been running around there. Like he the only one made some foul ass decisions and mistakes. You better have a come to Jesus meeting about your family. Crazy ass. I'm done for the day. Okay, it's a show over there. Like Carlotta, it's Christmas. I know. You gotta get some truth at Christmas time. Oh, shit. I didn't get all my stories. I get all my stories. I have more stories to tell. I'm not that important, too. I'm here wasting my time with Kim's ass. <sighs> Y'all. <laughs> it's been a wonderful. Thank y'all for listening to me rant about these celebrities, celebrity news, celebrity gossip, all this stuff, pop culture, everything. Y'all, I got to go. It's getting late. Shit, I didn't plan on giving y'all three hours. I gave y'all three shit. It was two hours. It was two hours, 45 minutes. Shit, y'all got enough. Shit, I got to have a part two before New Year's. But I hope y'all enjoy the rest of y'all holiday. Have a good time with your, with your relatives and loved ones. Meanwhile, we're going to go out with my fave, Ascension, Maxwell. Yes, sir, you guys have a wonderful holiday. Rest of your holiday. Enjoy. I'm out. <laughs> and don't laugh. I know my – hey, I said what I said, okay? Y'all know how I be doing on this show. I'm out. See y'all. See y'all sometime this week. <laughs> Bye. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to y'all. of my voice you are listening to the archive show 
thank you for listening to me and spending your time, whatever you're doing, whether you work at work or you clean up the house, whatever it is you guys do when you're listening to the shows after they've already been recorded and stuff. I appreciate y'all so much. I'm glad y'all take the time to listen to this crazy ass show. Okay. And me give my crazy ass opinions. I appreciate y'all. All right. Remember you can hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. Okay. That's where you can DM me, send me messages about stuff you'd like me to talk about here or whatever. And you can also hit me up on uh, Twitter at Carlotta72 and C Chatwood Show and also Instagram, Carly's underscore Galaxy, okay? All right, you guys, I'm going to try. Remember, I got a lot of things, a couple of shows I'm trying to get planned for the New Year's. My schedule has been crazy. It's just now slowing down. So I'm going to try to get those shows planned, and we're going to try to – I'll have dates for y'all coming up soon for my guests and for the next – show okay my next show that i'm gonna do all right so appreciate y'all so much listen have a wonderful wonderful rest of your holiday and new year hopefully i'll get y'all before the new year's but if i don't have a wonderful ass 2023 okay it's gonna be great okay all right you guys and uh i mean just enjoy the rest of 2022 okay have the best time hopefully i will get uh uh, we'll, we'll have another show before then all right I am out. I will see y'all. We're going to leave out with uh, Back in Stride, Frankie Beverly and Maze. I'm out. See y'all. See ya. Bye. But we can't really stay.